Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. First off, you're right, I lied. The second thing is, while you were out of the building last week, John Laurinaitis, Executive Vice President of Talent Personnel, signed me to a, in this economy, very lucrative WWE contract. So, buddy O'Pal, if you're going to fire me, you're going to have to do it in front of all these people and the millions at home. And on top of that, it's guaranteed, so I'll sit home and get paid. So, balls count in your court. Kev, I'm not going to fire you, all right? No, 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 no. But the lying stops now. You understand me? No more. No more disrespect. <laughs> 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 Getting sick out of shoes. Is it just me, but in hindsight, Kevin Nash was set up to fail? Not intentionally, but... CM Punk so freaking polished on the mic. Kevin Nash was decent on the mic as well, but nowhere on the level of CM Punk. And when you heard the back and forths between CM Punk and Kevin Nash at the time, Kevin Nash has talked about it on interviews. Nothing against CM Punk, but my God, the way that WWE utilized him at the time, it was not that enjoyable. But that segment was funny. And it happened this week in wrestling history. What's up, everyone? Don Tony here. I am back once again. Season 2, episode 35. This week, we cover the period of August 27th through September 2nd. Let's get right into it. You know, it's not a memorable card, but one of my favorite feuds from the superstar Billy Graham era. And I was not a wrestling fan yet at the time. But when I became a wrestling fan in 79 as a little kid, and at that time it was actually a lot easier to get vintage magazines because they weren't sold out. So you could buy lots of back issues, brand new. In fact, I still remember, I swear on my mother, I still remember Back in around 1980 or 81, as a little kid, my mom allowing me to work up my allowance, cleaning garbage, cleaning the floors, putting clothes away, sweeping outside, collecting leaves, whatever it is. She allowed me to gather up all of my 
money that I made doing all the responsibilities and chores around the house, taking my allowance and buying older wrestling magazine issues. And I remember sending, you know, the money in the mail and waiting patiently and getting this box. And I even think they used to roll the magazines up at one point, but getting all the vintage ones, looking back and, you know, superstar Billy Graham, when he was champion, had a great feud with, Bruno, obviously, had a great feud with Dusty Rhodes. Um, but I think on that level, Ivan Putzky was fucking a great feud, too. Didn't get enough attention that it should have, and I think the feud should have lasted a little bit longer. But this week in 77, they had a memorable match at Madison Square Garden. I think this card is on the WWE Network. I'm not sure. But even if it's not, if you go online and just search August 29th, 1977, you could actually watch this event in its entirety. So definitely seek it out. 1979, Pat Patterson, the first ever intercontinental champion. Now, you know, in all reality, he was the WWF North American heavyweight champion. Remember, he beat Ted DiBiase. We covered that not too long ago. And they technically unified the North American title and the South American title to create the Intercontinental title. They claimed that he won it in a tournament in Rio de Janeiro. I honestly don't understand why they didn't just have a match and kind of, you know, do it that way. But then again, you know, WWF South American heavyweight title, you know, there's a little bit of a kink you know, in the armor of doing it that way. But yeah, they did the fictitious, you know, tournament. Pat Patterson, the first ever intercontinental champion. Same week, Jim Crockett Promotions had a 12-man tournament in Charlotte, North Carolina to crown the Mid-Atlantic United States heavyweight champion. Uh, Ric Flair was the champion, but because at that time you couldn't carry two belts and Ric Flair had won Think about this for a minute. Ric Flair had won the NWA World Tag Team titles with Blackjack Mulligan. Ric Flair was also the Mid-Atlantic NWA United States champion. So now you ask yourself a question. Which title? If you were forced to keep one and not the other, you were the Mid-Atlantic NWA United States champion, but you were also the NWA World Tag Team champion. Which one would you keep? So in this storyline. Ric Flair kept the tag title, relinquished the United States heavyweight title. They did a tournament and Jimmy Snuka beat Ricky Steamboat in the finals to win the vacant Mid-Atlantic NWA United States title. Now, if you're curious of the entire tournament results, the first round, Bruiser Brody over Johnny Weaver, Jimmy Snuka over Tim Woods. Buddy Rogers over Bob Marcus, Wahoo McDaniel and Big John Studd fought to a double countout. So because they didn't advance, Buddy Rogers actually got a bye into the semifinals. The quarterfinals was jumping Jim Brunzel over Bruiser Brody. Some people would call that a little bit of a farce. Uh, I don't know. Ricky Steamboat over Ken Patera. In the semifinals, you had Jimmy Snooker over jumping Jim Brunzel and Ricky Steamboat over Buddy Rogers. And in the finals, Jimmy Snuka beat Ricky Steamboat to win the vacant title. I always said that was an event I always wanted to see. Can't find the footage anywhere. If anybody knows if footage exists, please let me know. 
1985 World Class has their Labor Day Star Wars event from Fort Worth, Texas. Match results, Kelly Kanitsky over Jim Powers. For the World Class TV title, John Tatum defeats Steve Casey. Gino Hernandez over Brian Adias to win the World Class Texas title. Bruiser Brody over the one-man gang. Kevin Von Erich over Chris Adams. Mark Lewin over Iceman King Parsons. And Brian Adias, Kerry, and Kevin Von Erich. They defeated the one-man gang, Mark Lewin, and Jack Victory to win the world-class six-man tag team titles. 1986, world-class has their Star Wars event again from Fort Worth, Texas. Now, this time around, this was uh, a tournament to crown the first ever tag team champions since they split from the NWA promotion. Before they broke away from the NWA, World Class used to use the NWA American tag team titles. So now the crown, the first ever World Class tag champs, the first round, Mark Lewin and Kevin Sullivan over the Batten Twins. Now, by the way, just so you know, this entire event is on YouTube. I don't remember who actually had this in their collection, but this is not a bad event if you want to go check it out. I've watched it. It's not not bad at all, especially when you hear some of the names that I mentioned. Also in the first round, Matt Bourne and Buzz Sawyer over Kevin and Mike Von Erich. You had Chris and Mark Youngblood over Joe LaDuke and Rick Rude. The Dingo Warrior, who you know better as the Ultimate Warrior, and Socko. Defeat Killer Tim Brooks and the Grappler. Now, some of you are going to say Socko. Who the hell was Socko? It was a wrestler by the name of Mark Miller, in case you didn't know that. Quarterfinals, Matt Bourne and Buzz Sawyer over Mark Lewin and Kevin Sullivan. And by the way, look, we respect the deceased. But if you watch this event, go seek it out just to see how beautiful woman looks. In on, Oh, my God. Just go watch it. Chris and Mark Youngblood over Jerry and Ted Oates. The Dingo Warrior and Sock over Brian Adias and Scott Casey. Semifinals, Chris Adams and Lance Von Erich over the Dingo Warrior and Sacco. Matt Bourne and Buzz Sawyer over Chris and Mark Youngblood. Finals, have Matt Bourne and Buzz Sawyer beat Chris Adams and Lance Von Erich to become the first ever world-class world tag team champions. Uh... Two other matches that were on the card that were not part of the tournament. Abdullah the Butcher over Bruiser Brody. And during this match, Gary Hart gets bloodied, busted open. Really good visuals. And by the way, throughout the night, they had some great promos as well. And there is an awesome promo by Gary Hart on this event as well. Uh, and Chris Adams over Ravishing Rick Rude. But it was by disqualification. He retains the world-class Texas heavyweight title. Same week. WWF had the big event from Exhibition Stadium in Toronto. Now, if you do a little bit of research on this, you know, it was a gigantic event. You know, they always advertise it as 74,000 fans attending. In reality, it seemed to be somewhere in the mid-60s, but still, this is not a WrestleMania. 60,000 plus watching WWF in 1986. A big fucking deal. Hence the name, The Big Event. And remember, this is the storyline feud between Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff. Now, we should also bring up the fact that the Canadian National Exhibition is like the biggest fair they have in Canada. 
So this wasn't just a wrestling event that weekend. They were doing this whole entire fair. So a lot of fans were there. And from what I understand, I could be wrong on this, but I have always uh, read under the impression, I've always been under the impression, that fans got into the fair by paying a certain amount of money. It's like getting into Great Adventure, you know, your local amusement park. You pay a fee. And while you're in there, you can watch wrestling. So... I don't think these 60,000 fans paid a ticket. Now, trust me, I guarantee you some of them were there and bought tickets to the fair just to see wrestling. But wrestling was part of the fair. So something tells me WWF did not make anywhere near the coin that they should have that night. But here's the match results from that event. The Killer Bees over Jimmy Jack Funk and Haas Funk. Dory Funk Jr. Magnificent Morocco. Uh, and King Tonga fought to a 20-minute time limit draw. Interesting. Ted Arcidi over Tony Gurria. Junkyard Dog over Adrian Azanis. Dick Slater over Iron Mike Sharp. No, 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 no. My God, Iron Mike Sharp. That guy, I, when I used to go to Ridgewood Grove Arena, sit front row, and that guy would fucking start yelling and, no, 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 no. Oh, God, fucking annoying. Rest in peace. Bobby Heenan, King Kong Bundy, and Big John Stud over the machine, super machine, big machine, with the giant machine in their corner. Ricky Steamboat over Jake the Snake Roberts. Billy Jack Haynes over Hercules. Fabulous Rougeaus uh, over the Dream Team. Harley Race over Pedro Morales. And for the WWF Heavyweight Championship, Hulk Hogan defeats Paul Orndorff, however, by DQ. 1988. WWF has their first ever SummerSlam. I'm going to start some audio clips in a moment. Took place in Madison Square Garden. Some match results. The British Bulldogs and the Rougeaus fought to a 20-minute time limit draw. Bad News Brown over Ken Patera. Now, Ravishing Rick Root at this time is feuding with Jake the Snake Roberts. And when Rick Root came out to fight the Junkyard Dog, Rick Root had Jake the Snake Roberts' wife, Cheryl Roberts on his tights had it airbrushed so as soon as Rude came out and in storyline Jake saw that his wife was on Rick Rude's ass uh, he came out attacked ravishing Rick Rude match pretty much was done Rick Rude defeats Junkyard Dog by DQ even though the Junkyard Dog was not happy that Jake Roberts came out powers of pain over Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov Dino Bravo over the Magnificent Morocco Demolition over the Heart Foundation Big Boss Man over Coco Beware. Jake the Snake Roberts over Hercules. Main event have Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan defeat Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase. And if anybody that follows Don Tony for many years and growing up Don Tony, you already know the story. At this time, I was in the Navy. I was forced to go into the Navy because I was in a lot of trouble at the time, got kicked out of my house, had nowhere else to go. My uncle took me in for a short period of time. You know the story. I went into the Navy. And at this time, I should have been home already from the Navy. I should have been in my room with the jit-gel rag when Miss Elizabeth revealed her outfit. But what happened was yours truly, when he was ready to go home from the Navy, caught chicken pox. And I was stuck in a hospital in the Navy in Illinois, and they would not let me go home. 
And I remember to this day laying in a hospital bed, sucking on ice pops because that's all you were really pretty much allowed to have at the time. In the other room was a couple of officers watching SummerSlam. And I'm listening to it, I'm listening to it, and I'm listening to what they were saying about what Miss Elizabeth did, revealing her outfit. And I'm like, fuck, man, I can't watch this. And that's how I had to enjoy SummerSlam at that time. True story. Absolutely true. Uh, match I left out. I'm going to share it now. You know, Honky Tonk Man, you know, greatest intercontinental champion of all time in some people's eyes. Well, you know, he has had a lot of derogatory things to say about the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, a lot of others as well. This night, he fought the Ultimate Warrior for the Intercontinental Championship. And what I will always remember from the first ever SummerSlam was how fucking bonkers the crowd went when they realized that the Ultimate Warrior was going to be the opponent for the Honky Tonk Man. If you've never seen it, never watched it, never heard it, or you just want to focus on the audio and just picture the visual of the fans going banana, here is the match. Honky Tonk Man versus the Ultimate Warrior for the Intercontinental Championship, 1988. Ladies and gentlemen, this contest is for the Intercontinental Championship. And it is scheduled for one fall. Approaching the ring, led by his manager, Colonel Jimmy Hart, from Memphis, Tennessee. opponent. Come on, Howard. Howard doesn't even know. Howard Finkel, the announcer, doesn't know. Come on, brother. Let's get he it shook together. His head. Get me somebody out here to wrestle. I don't care who it is. Oh, don't say that. Don't, don't say that, my man. There's some people back there in the locker rooms who would take this man apart. We're all waiting here with anticipation as to the who the opponent will be. Well, maybe we haven't got an opponent. Well, maybe uh, we have an opponent, but, uh, uh, you know, maybe he's still lacing up his boots. Who knows, man? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Somebody's music. That's familiar music, brother. They've exploded here in the garden. I don't see anybody yet. Here is the Exploding here on the Honky Tonk Man, beautiful flight tackle. The bell is gone. 
1989 SummerSlam once again. This is the event where Mean Gene Oakland is interviewing Ravishing Rick Rude, part of the Backdrop Falls. Mean Gene Oakland is startled, and Mean Gene Oakland is like, fuck it. Yeah, it really did happen. And by the way, this SummerSlam took place at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. Match results, brain busters over the Hard Foundation. Dusty Rhodes defeated the Honky Tonk Man. This was Dusty's first WWF pay-per-view match ever. And this was the first night that he wore the polka dots. Mr. Perfect over the Red Rooster. Rick Martel and the Fabulous Rougeos over Tito Santana and the Rockers. The Ultimate Warrior over Ravishing Rick Rude to win the Intercontinental Championship. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Demolition over Andre the Giant, Akeem and the Big Boss Man. Hercules over Greg the Hammer Valentine. Ted DiBiase over Jimmy Snooker. Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake with Elizabeth in their corner defeats the Macho Man Randy Savage and Zeus with Sherry in their corner. There you go. 1990 SummerSlam from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Dark match. 1990. Shane Douglas over Playboy Buddy Rose. You also had Power and Glory. Over the Rockers, Texas Tornado over Mr. Perfect to win the Intercontinental Championship. Remember, Brutus Beefcake was supposed to win the belt and uh, be on his card against Mr. Perfect, but he had the parasailing accident, could not compete. Queen Sherry over Sapphire the by forfeit. The Warlord over Tito Santana. The Hart Foundation over Demolition, two out of three falls to become the new WWF Tag Champs. Jake the Snake Roberts over Bad News Brown. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Nikolai Volkov over the Orient Express. Macho Man Randy Savage over Dusty Rhodes. Hulk Hogan with the Big Boss Man in his corner over Earthquake with Dino Bravo and Jimmy Hart in his corner. The Ultimate Warrior over Ravishing Rick Rude in a steel cage match to retain the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Same week, Memphis Wrestling, things got a little bit too real. Over the years, we've had some segments on TV where some fans actually get concerned, or maybe not even fans, just people in the neighborhood. They call the cops. The NWO, when they beat up all the WCW wrestlers, Kevin Nash throwing Rey Mysterio like a dart. Some people actually called the cops. Vince McMahon blown up in a limo. Some people actually called the cops. Well, this week in 90, big feud going on between Eddie Gilbert and Jerry King Lawler, and he did a segment. In the back where Eddie Gilbert took Doug Gilbert's car and ran over Jerry Lawler with it. You know, Jerry Lawler took a nice bump. Very beautiful visual. Some people called the cops concerned for Jerry Lawler. Now, what I was always confused about is if you read these stories online, they say that people who are watching it on TV called the cops. But if you read a little bit further, Jerry Lawler came back later on to the live audience and, you know, assured them that he was okay, not to worry. But I don't think that aired on Memphis TV. I could be wrong. So if people watching on the television were calling the cops, reassuring the live crowd, I don't know how much that would have changed what was going on, but very realistic. 
It was realistic. It was real. 1992, SummerSlam, London, England. Trust me, I really wanted to share the match again. Just because the match is awesome, but also the commentary is fucking priceless. Uh, just Bobby Heenan was so funny during the main event. But you could watch it online. The match, the commentary, everything was beautiful. But this was a big SummerSlam. One of the most famous, I guess you could say, in SummerSlam's history. It took place in London, England. Wembley Stadium, almost 80,000 fans. Papa Shango over Tito Santana. Tatanka over the Berserker. The Bushwhackers and Hacksaw Jim Duggan over the Nasty Boys and the Mountie. You had the Legion of Doom over Ted DiBiase and IRS. Nails over Virgil. Shawn Michaels went to a double countout with Rick Bartell. The Natural Disasters retained the tag team titles, defeating the Beverly Brothers. Crush over the Repo Man. The Ultimate Warrior over Macho Man Randy Savage. You had The Undertaker over Kamala. And the main event, British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith defeats Bret Hart to win the Intercontinental Championship. Awesome match again. Awesome commentating as well. Bobby is so fucking funny. Same week, and I am going to share this one. This was a pretty big deal because at the time, the Macho Man Randy Savage is the WWF champion. Very rarely did you have big, high-profile matches like this air on WWF superstars. Now, what's interesting about it is uh, apparently this match that night, halfway through, we don't know exactly how they ended it and restarted it, but Vince McMahon was so unhappy with the way the match was going that they actually did a restart. Now, it's probably a, a, a great thing that they restarted it because the match that took place between Flair and Macho Man was absolutely awesome. And it was so cool because it aired on Superstars. It aired on Primetime Wrestling. And it was a big deal for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. So let's flash back to 1992, this week in history. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, defends the WWF Championship against Ric Flair. Now I got the jitters. I got the jitters now. When Flair made his appearance with Mr. Perfect, the butterflies went in my stomach. Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm a little jittery because everything's on the line right now. Mr. Perfect, Ric Flair. Flair throwing a kiss and a thumbs down from a lady fan at ringside. Well, who will have lessons in my 
Division Championship. It's not a game of handball or a game of tennis or badminton. This is for all the marbles, McMahon. A desperate man will do anything. Well, just as it was for all the marbles at SummerSlam, Warrior and Savage beating each other to a pulp. Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, doing the damage to the knee, but yet here stands the Macho Man Randy Savage defending the championship. What a courageous champion. Well, I think you know Savage like I know Savage and like the fans know him. This man has more guts than brains. He's a way. Yeah. 
see Mr. Perfect. Oh, come on. Oh, he's a distraction. I'll agree with you on that, but it's legal. the hole. See, he should have never put him in the abdominal stretch because his leg was in a vulnerable position. So it's his fault? Is that what you're saying? Yes, it's his fault. He uh, should hand the title to Flair and save a beating. Yeah, sure. To the buckle, Flair! And Savage pulled down! But I think Flair got the worst of it. Curry! Yes! Referee wants! No, no, to no. The no, no mm. kind of two. Little bounce of attention there on the part of Perfect.
Finally breaking the hold. It's getting worse. His leg's getting worse. Come on, Raf, get in there. He's in the corner. Wait a minute. Yes, Raf, up to the second half of 10-3. No, two. Oh, what? What's going on? Savage is fighting for his life. Randy Savage will roundhouse to the midsection and Challenge of player. I see what it taken time off and no question that, but look at this. Flare the buckle and a back body drop. How about that? Yes, the clothesline. Watch out for Randy Savage with an element and Rick Flair is on the outside of the ring. How does it feel now? Punch him, get him up, get him up, yeah, get him up. Talk to him, talk to him. Watch out, man, Randy Savage with Rick Flair on the outside now. Savage is trying to get himself disqualified to hold on to that title. And now Rick Flair is going to go up. Yes! Oh, yeah! That can't help his leg, though. He just picked up 240 pounds in the air. And he's out with a chair in his hand. And why not? If anyone were ever justified in using it, it would be Savage. For what Mr. Perfect has done on the outside. Don't worry about what happens on the outside. Savage, you're going to have to get it done on the inside. And he's going to get it done. Just get Rick Flair.
But the clock on the wall says that's all. The hands are ticking. His time is numbered. Randy Savage in excruciating pain now. Thanks to Razor Ramon. Last week we talked about it. We're about to have Lex Luger versus Yokozuna for the heavyweight title. But we had Vince McMahon invading USWA years before he became Mr. McMahon. And you could see signs of Mr. McMahon. Vince McMahon was never a heel up until now. He was just a commentator. So 
in the midst of doing a little bit of working relationship with the USWA. Last week, they had that match between Luger and Yokozuna to set up their actual SummerSlam match. And again, as I said last week, my friends and I all were convinced Lex Luger was going to be the next WWF heavyweight champion. So this week in 93, not only did we have SummerSlam, but we had the continued feud between Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler in the USWA. We'll get to that part in a moment. And a little funny, you know, wrestle crap mixed in. But first, let's cover SummerSlam from Auburn Hills, Michigan. Dark match Owen Hart over Barry Horowitz. They like to have that match. Remember when he debuted as the Blue Angel? He also fought Barry Horowitz. They had some nice chemistry there. Razor Ramon over Ted DiBiase. By the way, this was Ted DiBiase's last uh, pay-per-view as a wrestler. His last WWF match. He would leave shortly thereafter. You had Rick and Scott Stein over the Heavenly Bodies. Shawn Michaels over Mr. Perfect. So Shawn Michaels retains the IC title. IRS over the one, two, three kid. Bret Hart over Doink the Clown. Now remember, Doink the Clown was replacing Jerry Lawler, who claimed to have a broken leg. And then this goes back to USWA with Bret Hart and everything else. But you know, it was bizarre land. Lawler, babyface in Memphis, Bret Hart, heel in Memphis. SummerSlam, the reverse. So as Bret Hart is taking on um, Doink the Clown, Jerry Lawler runs into the ring, hits Bret Hart with the crutch. Jack Tunney, who I always hated, insisted that Jerry Lawler wrestle Bret Hart since his leg was okay. And we would have Jerry Lawler beat Bret Hart by DQ. And that's only because Bret had the sharpshooter on Jerry Lawler, refused to break the hold. And... um, you know, originally, Brett won the match, but he wouldn't break the hold, so they reversed the decision. Jerry Lawler uh, started calling himself the undisputed king of wrestling, and this would obviously continue with the USWA few events. Ludwig Borger over Marty Jannetty. Undertaker over Giant Gonzalez in a rest in peace match. By the way, if uh, you want to go reminisce a little bit, Check out a lot of the promos that Undertaker was cutting at this time on Giant Gonzalez leading up to this match. Match wasn't all that great, but a lot of the promos Undertaker was cutting were absolutely awesome. Beautiful visuals. Cemetery, other areas. Smoking Guns over t- and Tatanka over Bam Bam Bigelow and the Head Shrinkers. And the main event, Lex Luger beats Yokozuna, but by countout. And we were basically left... Just baffled, like, Lex Luger, how, how does he not win the title? The whole Lex Express, the 4th of July, the Intrepid. Eh, WWF had a change of plans. Same week on USWA television, the Vince McMahon saga with Jerry Lawler continues. Here's two quick promos that Vince cut in the USWA. Yo, look, I apologize about the quality. We do not have... This footage on the WWE Network yet, even though Jerry Lawler said that it could be happening soon. But um, again, this is 1993. This is not 97 when Vince was in USWA. This is years before he ever became Mr. McMahon. And you can see little signs that Vince was onto something. Coming up Monday night, Mid-South Coliseum, Labor Day night. It's a gigantic match with Giant Gonzalez. And Jerry the King Lawler. King! 
Big Mud coming up Monday night at the Coliseum. Well, yeah, it is, uh, you know, it is a big match, and uh, the big is the key word, I guess. It makes me think back to last week when uh, I stood out here and I watched Vince McMahon, the big shot from the World Wrestling Federation, tell everybody, me included, that I was in store for a big surprise last week. Well, I guess, you know, Vince, uh, he obviously had the giant's ear. He obviously told Bret Hart that he didn't have anything to worry about because he knew that if Bret Hart got in trouble in that match, he was going to send the giant down to help him. Well, I love it when somebody like Vince McMahon gets uh, egg on their face. I love it when a guy who thinks he's sitting on top of the world all of a sudden gets brought down a notch. Just like Vince McMahon knew, he knew, he had, t I mean, you know, he knew without a doubt that Bret Hart was going to be declared the undisputed king of the ring at SummerSlam. Vince McMahon's big worldwide pay-per-view that was seen in 106 different countries. But Vince McMahon got disappointed Sunday night in Memphis, and he got disappointed again at SummerSlam because Jerry the King Lawler was declared the undisputed king of the ring in the World Wrestling Federation and throughout all of wrestling. So now, Vince McMahon, I'm sure you're a little upset, and I understand that he sent down uh, a little interview. Is that right? Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, Vince McMahon, here's some words. Let me just him. hear what he's got to say here real quick. Yeah. I can't believe that you people would accuse me of having something to do with the problems Jerry Lawler had last Sunday in his match with the hitman Bret Hart. I did say that I thought Jerry Lawler was going to be in for a big surprise. But I had no idea just how big that surprise was going to be. I had no idea that a former tag team partner, Giant Gonzalez, would wise up, would smarten up, and recognize Jerry Lawler for what he truly is. Just like maybe some of you Memphians are wising up and taking another look at Jerry Lawler. Sort of the realistic view of Jerry Lawler, the way everyone else outside of Memphis views Jerry Lawler. Well, all I can say, Jerry Lawler, is that just like Jim Neighbors used to say, and maybe it's more appropriate that that I can quote Jim Neighbors, and, and many of you can perhaps understand what I'm saying a little bit more. Surprise, surprise, surprise! Now, you don't have a big surprise coming, Jerry Lawler. This Monday night, you and all your fans You've got a big problem. An eight-foot big problem. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Vince McMahon. I'm the voice of the World Wrestling Federation. Jerry Lawler is the king. The king of what? That's what you have to ask yourself. Jerry Lawler, you know what you're the king of. You're the king of nothing. The king of the unified title. Whoopee. Big deal. Do you know how you got to be king, Jerry Lawler? Because of tactics and antics that you used last Monday night. <laughs> 
you're the king of the cheaters. No question, you know how to cheat better than anyone. I mean, can you imagine taking advantage of the eight-foot giant Gonzalez throwing fire in his face? His whole he head, everything exploded. Jerry Lawler, that's what you're about. Throwing fire. That, that, we're talking rustling now. And apparently rustling has been reduced in Memphis, Tennessee to Jerry the King Lawler cheating, trying to set another rustler on fire. Well, you want fire? You've got it. And I'll promise you and I'll promise the fans from the entire Memphis area, if you want to see fire, you're going to see fire this Monday night. You're going to see a young man run to the ring that is undefeated in the World Wrestling Federation. Now, can you imagine with the lofty standards of the World Wrestling Federation, an individual actually being still undefeated after thousands of matches? That's what you have in the fiery young competitor by the name of Tatanka. He's undefeated, Jerry Lawler. He's going to come to Memphis this Monday night, Jerry Lawler. He's going to show you what fire is all about. He's going to walk into the ring undefeated. He's going to walk out of the ring undefeated. And oh, by the way, why don't you, uh, why don't you bring your fire, Jerry Lawler? Why don't you bring your fire and bring anything else you want to bring? Tatanka will put the fire out. The smoke signals that Tatanka will leave after the fire is out is the king is no longer the king. The king has been dethroned. The king has been scalped. Little funny wrestle crap for a moment cactus jack you remember was feuding with vader took some vicious bumps on wcw tv cactus jack dis disappeared cactus jack is missing he had amnesia and then we find out that he didn't have amnesia and harley race took possession of a bag or a glove or whatever it was and cactus jack is trying to reclaim the possession of his bag and it it almost looked like a fucking gigantic condom it was just ridiculously bad look at all the promos at this time look at ollie race holding this bag i got your property so what do they do before they do the payoff of cactus jack and vader which wcw fell out of love with they incorporate chris champion pretending to be Asian or Japanese, and Harley Race is managing him, Yoshi Kwan. And Yoshi Kwan is put into the mix, and there's an infamous clip online if you've never seen it. There's a moment where Yoshi Kwan is taking on Cactus Jack, and Nick Patrick is the referee, and Harley Race is outside. And you watch this about 15 seconds of this match. You have Cactus Botch, uh, Yoshi Kwan botch, Harley Race botch, and Nick Patrick box. Everybody, it was funny. But what I always used to love at this time, how, and remember, this is pre-recorded. So they could have done a simple retake, but they didn't. 
And I and it was just funny to see over and over on WCW television, Holly Race getting Yoshi Kwan's name wrong. Here's an example of that. Cactus Jack in a bounty match. A bounty means that something's put up for something. And you want this back more than you want anything else on Earth. In order to get it, you have to go through Yoshi Khan, the greatest martial art expert that I can find in the Orient. When we walk to that ring, I'm gonna hang this around his neck. The only way that you can get it is beating. And I guarantee you, Cactus, if you think what Big Van Vader put to you in that power bomb was the answer, you're all wrong. Because Yoshi Kwan knows every nerve in your body, and you leave that ring virtually paralyzed. Yoshi Khan. Khan! Ah. Wrapping up 1993, AAA's La Ravancha took place from Los Angeles, California. Why do I bring this up? All in. You know, very recent, all in. You know, a little controversy. You know, people in my neck of the woods are convinced that Ring of Honor is pretty much the one that funded the whole thing. But did a crazy attendance, over 10,000. And that was the biggest U.S. crowd for, I guess, non-WWE or WCW or whatever since 1993, AAA, where they drew almost 17,000 in California. Well, not only is this week the anniversary of All In, but this week is also the anniversary of AAA's La, La, La Revancha that drew over 17,000. Superboy over Thunder Machine. Loverboy, Mercenario, and Pat Tanaka over El Psicopata, Mercurio, and Piloto Suicida. Best two out of three falls tag team match, Mascarita Sagrada and Octagoncito over Espetrito and Dorito Estrada, two falls to one. Another best two out of three falls, and this that's a regular in Mexico, by the way, Mexican wrestling. Heavy metal, Jerry Estrada and Psychosis over Mysterioso, Rey Mysterio Jr., and Volador. Two falls to one. Another best two out of three falls match. You have Blue Panther, El Gil Del Santo, and Octagon over Fuerza Guerrera, Eddie Guerrero, and the Love Machine. Two falls to none, I should also add. You had a three-way elimination match. Conan over Cien Cadiz and Jake the Snake Roberts. And once again, huge crowd, 17,000 plus Los Angeles, California. 1994 SummerSlam from Chicago. Dark match, Adam Bomb over Quang. Bam Bam Bigelow and IRS over the Head Shrinkers. Alondra Blaze retains the WWF Women's title, defeating Bull Nakano. Razor Ramon over Diesel to win the IC Championship. Razor Ramon accompanied to the ring by the great, late Walter Payton. Tatanka over Lex Luger. Jeff Jarrett over Mabel. Bret Hart over Owen Hart in a steel cage match to retain the WWF Championship. Awesome match. And The Undertaker over the fake Undertaker, Ted DiBiase. Now, remember earlier I said that was Ted DiBiase's last pay-per-view match as far as WWF goes as a wrestler. Now, he was a manager. I should also point that out. Uh, same week, 
In Indianapolis, Shawn Michaels and Diesel defeat the Head Shrinkers to win the WWF Tag Titles. 1994 as well. Very important moment in the history of ECW. Extreme. A lot of people say if it wasn't for ECW, we would not have ever had attitude. I don't know if we would have never had the attitude era, but it may have been a much different version of it may have happened much later. We don't know. Now, I'm not going to set the whole picture with this because there's a lot we still got to cover, but I'll give you the overall synopsis. We've talked in the past. NWA, you know, at the time, very, very weak. ECW, Eastern Championship Wrestling, was a part of the NWA. And at the time, they were looking to do a new tournament to crown a new NWA heavyweight champion, and the title was vacant. Apparently, some people involved with the NWA were not happy with Todd Gordon announcing a tournament to crown a new champion. And this week in 94, we had that tournament. Came down to two cold Scorpio versus Shane Douglas in the finals of the tournament. And here's the closing moments of that match and the speech that preceded by Shane Douglas. And obviously, it's one of the most important moments in the history of ECW and, honestly, the whole Attitude Era. Here we go, 1994. Scorpio going to the top. Picture perfect moonsault, but misses. Shane Douglas with the presence of mind to roll out of the way. Saw the moonsault coming. Belly to belly on Scorpio. One, two, and three. And Shane Douglas has captured the National Wrestling Alliance World Heavyweight Championship. Shane Douglas has shocked the world. capture the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, the belly-to-belly suplex, which he taught to the franchise, Shane Douglas, brought that very prestigious title to the ECW and now new National Wrestling Alliance World Heavyweight Champion. Shane, let me tell you something. You may be the franchise, but it ain't gonna be no bitchin' and no wildin'. Because you just have to be a better man tonight. But you are the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And my, if I don't say so myself, I will be on your ass for that belt. Well, it's no secret who Shane's first challenger will be.
statement from our spokesman. I'm on the way now to have a conference call with fellow board direct members Jim Crockett and Steve Ricard. What happened tonight was a disgrace. I'm disappointed at it. Shane Douglas is the NWA champion. He threw the belt down. He had no right to do that. Remember one thing. ECW is an NWA member and they're under our jurisdiction. I'm going to leave right now have a conference call. And all I can say is Shane Douglas is the world champion, NWA world champion, whether he likes it or not. And we're also going to have this problem taken care of with this ECW championship. We're going to talk about the possibility of having both belts stripped from him because he doesn't deserve to be the NWA world champion. When do you expect to get this resolved? Hopefully tonight. Thank you. 
Well, Dennis Carluzzo of the National Wrestling Alliance obviously upset, claiming Shane Douglas is not worthy of being the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Standing by right now is ECW Commissioner Todd Gordon, who is going to straighten out this entire situation and shock the wrestling world. I listened with great interest as the representative of the NWA Board of Directors took it upon himself to inform you that they have the power to force NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling not to recognize the franchise, Shane Douglas, as the World Heavyweight Champion. Well, as of noon today, I have folded NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling. In its place will be ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling. And we recognize the franchise, Shane Douglas, as our World Heavyweight Champion. And we encourage any wrestler in the world today to come to the ECW to challenge for that belt. This is the ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, changing the face of wrestling. Paul called me a week or so before the tournament. We were still at that point, Eastern Championship Wrestling was still a, a, a member of the NWA. And at that time, we had started drawing those really strong houses, those sellout crowds. And I think we were the only NWA member to be doing that in the States. So <clears throat> they wanted to do the tournament in the ECW arena and uh, proffered the idea of having Shane Douglas, the, the ECW champion, become the NWA champion. And Paul called me and, and laid this idea out to me, which at the, when I, I remember vividly, remember the first time that he told it to me, it sounded so, so uh, wrong, you know, like to, to, to do that. Because it, it bled so much of the politics that I skewed in the business. And uh, he, you know, but the one thing I'll say about Paul was he didn't call me and tell me I was doing it. Paul always gave me the option. You know, he would say, we can do this or we can do this. And he would tell you the good and bad of this, and he would tell you the good and bad of this. It wasn't like he'd say, we can do this, which is going to be really great, or we can do this, which is going to suck, but it'll be okay. He, he would give you all, all points of view on equal, equal footing. And uh, through the course of the, the time, that week or two that it was leading up to the tournament, you can imagine in my head, I'm wrestling with this because I, you know, had grown up a fan of the NWA and had huge respect for most of those guys that carried, not all of them that carried that belt. And I would go through this, I'm going to do it, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I couldn't very well call my friends and say, hey, I, Paul's got this idea. You know, so I was sort of stuck with this, this on my own. And uh, Wednesday before the tournament, Mike Tenay had a radio show, nationally syndicated radio show uh, on, and he called me on Thursday and said, did you hear my show last night? I said, no, and he said, uh, I think you ought to go back and listen to the uh, archive I had uh, Dennis Corluzzo on, and he didn't talk very kindly about you. To my knowledge, I'd never met Dennis Corluzzo. I had known the name only because of the hotel where we're staying tonight. The first time I came into ECW, uh, Eddie Gilbert had to run over there to pick up the check from him. And we drove over with Eddie, sat in the car, he ran in and came out. I had never, I didn't know what Dennis Corliza looked like. I had never met him as far as I had remembered. And uh, so why would he, you know, if we're doing this this weekend, like, uh, it didn't make sense to me. So I went back and I listened, and Dennis Corluzzo, remember at this time, we were still making about 75% of our money on independence, about a quarter of ECW. So I listened, and he said on the, uh, in the interview, if anybody out there is thinking of, of hiring Shane Douglas, I wouldn't, because I can tell you on firsthand knowledge, 
Shane Douglas will take your uh, take your deposit, not show up, and he'll screw you out of the money. And I, I had never done that to anybody, never. And I thought, why the fuck would he say that? That's the dumbest thing in the world. And I, at the time, I, th- I took it as an overt attempt to take food off my family's table. And, I, and it pissed me off. And I thought, so he's politicking on me now, and I don't even know the guy? So that's what the industry is. I've learned the politics. I know how to do them. I'm playing with the best of them. I just choose not to. So I still, you know, of course, after listening to that, I, that pushed me towards, fuck it, I'm throwing the belt down. But then I, as I got closer to the day of doing it, I still had great reservations. I got to the ECW arena typically around 12, 31 o'clock on a TV day. And I walked through the back door and this short, heavy set, sort of odd looking guy with a funny accent came walking up and shoves a contract in my face. He was saying, sign this man, go sign this man. I said, who are you? And he said, I'm Vance Cardozo, man. Nice to meet you. And he's like, you know, like, what's, he, what's this guy doing in here, you know? And so I look at this thing. It's a legitimate contract. And he said, I got to sign him on the spot. And I said, first of all, I don't sign. I wouldn't sign a contract from God until my attorney reads it, Dennis. So I'll take it on let my attorney read it. And he proceeded to follow me around the dressing room the entire night. At one point, I came out of a toilet stall, having taken a shit, and he was outside the toilet stall, and right at the door, he was here saying, he's on this man, I was ready to knock him out. I was really getting pissed, I kept telling Paul, get him the fuck away from me, because if he keeps shoving that concert with us, I'm going to knock him out. And uh, so finally, Paul did his best to keep him away from me, and me, I went and dressed under the stairs with Taz and Perry and the guys, and uh, I think Bam Bam and Chris, I don't think Bam Bam was there yet. Uh, and... Uh, now I've got three matches in the t- tournament to get through. Uh, first with uh, Taz, second with Milenko, and the third with uh, Too Cold. And the building was hotter than hell. Extremely stifling hot, August night. And uh, so I had to get through these matches, and you know I still hadn't committed to doing it. In fact, when I'm in the match with Scorpio, I know I've got to ultimately make a decision pretty quickly here, and I start doing the promo. And you know, I never pre-planned or, or wrote down any of my promos. Down, I just spoke off the, the mind. The whole time I was growing up with my dad, my dad was a like a legitimate superhero, you know, a World War II vet, you know, a decorated hero in the war, uh, you know, served under Patton's Third Army, uh, you know, twenty-eight inch waist, forty-eight inch chest. I mean, I was Billy, a picture of guy from World War II with a you know, holding an M60 machine gun. A carbine and it just looks like like G.I. Joe, you know, <laughs> and watching, you know, he's like a legitimate superhero to me growing up. And he said, he used to tell me from the time I was a kid and I never knew what he meant. He used to say, son, you can always remember, you can walk with your feet on the ground like everybody else. You can soar with the eagles. And I go, okay, dad. Yeah, it sounds good. No idea what he meant by that. And the moment in that promo where I stopped, I say, here we go, dad. My dad had just passed away uh, earlier, like a few weeks before. And uh, when I stung it, here we go, Dad, it was because I could feel my father's presence. And for the first time in my entire life, I realized what my dad was saying. You can go along and do what everybody else does and get what everybody else gets. Or you can take a chance to soar and, and perhaps do better. And uh, that's when I threw the belt. As I'm cutting through the promo, 
the only part of the promo I, I was tr I tried to memorize, not memorize, but just you know, I kept going over it in my head, was the long list of names of people that had carried that belt because I didn't want to miss anybody. And you know, after these three matches, I'm blown up and it's hot, and I'm trying to remember this promo, and I'm going through it. And luckily, the audience starts hitting out names. And Dory Funk, and Dory Funk, and Terry Funk, the man that'll never die, and and Dusty, and uh, Fat Man Dusty Rose, and I'm going through, and it almost lent to the credibility of uh, of the reality of the promo because it was, you know, you could see it wasn't a scripted thing. Yeah. And uh, I hadn't yet made eye contact, and the reason I'm dragging this promo out is I'm still in my head going, do it, don't do it, do it, don't do it, do it, don't do it. My biggest hesitation to doing it had nothing to do with being nice or, or mean to Dennis Corluzzo. I didn't want any of those guys I had just mentioned to think that I was doing anything to shit on their legacy because it was anything but that. And that's why I said that for a company that died seven years ago, RIP. Um, uh, and that was the only hesitation I had. And as I'm doing that promo, if you watch close, you'll see my head turn to the left. And they were Todd was sitting with Corluzzo and Bob Ortiz, our ring announcer, uh, down at the front left corner of the ring. And I made eye contact with Corluzzo, and all I could hear in my head was, "He'll take your money and, and steal your money and fuck you." And that's when I said, "And he can all kiss my ass and threw the belt right at him." Uh, thank God it worked. You know, there, there was no guarantee it would. There was every guarantee that, that more likely that the fans would go, fuck you, ECW and Shane Douglas. And luckily that more represented the the FTW attitude that Taz talked about later at ECW that, that really set us apart from everybody else. Uh, but it could have easily been the epitaph to my career. Thank God it wasn't. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-five SummerSlam, Hakushi over the one, two, three kid, Triple H over Bob Holly, Smoking Guns over the Blue Brothers, Jacob and Eli Blue with Uncle Zebekiah, Zeb Coulter, Barry Horowitz over Skip, Bertha Faye over Alondra Blaze to win the women's title, Undertaker over Kama in a casket match, Bret Hart over Doctor Isaac Yankum, and I think this is Glenn Jacobs' first WWF match, I believe. Shawn Michaels, well, pay-per-view for sure. Shawn Michaels over Razor Ramon in a ladder match to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Diesel over King Mabel to retain the WWF Heavyweight Championship. 1997, PG-13 defeats Stephen Dunn and Flash Flanagan to win the USWA Tag Titles. The reason why I mention this, they were the last ever USWA Tag Champs. They would close not too long after this. 1998, SummerSlam, Madison Square Garden. Matches from Sunday Night Heat that night. Too Cool over LOD 2000. Gangrel over Dustin Rhodes. DOA over Bradshaw Invader. Pay-per-view for the European title, D'Lo Brown over Val Venus by DQ. The Oddities over Kai and Ty in a handicap match. Now, Oddities were Kurrigan, Golga, and Silva. Kai and Ty was Mens Teo, Takamichinoku, Funaki, and Dick Togo. You had X-Pac over Jeff Jarrett in a hair versus hair match. And yes, Jeff Jarrett did get his hair cut. Sable and Edge, they team up to defeat Mark Merrow and Jacqueline. Ken Shamrock over Owen Hart in the Lions Den match. The New Age Outlaws over Mankind in the Falls Count Anywhere match to win the WWF tag titles. Member Kane, who was Mankind's tag team partner, left them before the match and then would show up afterwards to beat the fuck out of Mankind. With a sledgehammer, by the way. 
Triple H over Rocky Maivia in a ladder match for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. In the main event, Steve Austin retains the WWF Championship over The Undertaker. 1999, ECW on TNN, second episode airing. This was a memorable one. The Dudleys at the time are about to leave ECW to go to WWF, but before they would leave, they would be granted one more tag title match. This took place at the Elks Lodge in my neck of the woods. Spike Dudley and Balls Mahoney, who were the ECW tag champs at the time, they were taking on the Dudleys. Well, as you all know by now, the Dudleys did in fact win, and they won the tag titles. And they kind of teased that they were going to bring the ECW tag titles to Monday Night Raw. And they started baiting uh, Tommy Dreamer to come to the ring. Uh, I had some choice words about Francine as well. And this would end up leading to a return, an extreme return for a wrestler who had left ECW few years before for WCW and the whole moment, the whole segment memorable, you know, a lot of these, when wrestlers leave, you kind of predict how the outcome is going to end up, but this was very entertaining happened this week in 1999. In ECW,
Thomas, Tommy Dreamer. Get your broken back, useless piece of dog trash ass out here and defend this miserable six-year-old company that you broke your stinking back for.
Tommy Dreamer doesn't have a shot in the world. You see several wrestlers surrounding the ring. They have tried to stop the Dudleys, but the Dudleys cannot be stopped. They are going to disgrace even side guy Dudley. week 1999 another memorable tag team moment happened this time on monday night raw now we'll break this up into two audio clips first you had the big show and the undertaker who were the wwf tag champs at the time they attacked the rock beat the fuck out of them and then they issued a challenge and the rock needed a tag team partner so this went down do you smell what the rock is putting
Well, that's a great question. He's hot, JR. Yes, he is. Rock is not happy. Well, The Rock says this, Big Show. You think you impress somebody by taking The Rock and go... And choke slamming the rock through the people's table and the Undertaker. You think you impress somebody? Well, the rocks get a shot of the rock on the screen. The rock says this. You two jabronis, you come on down here later on at the end of the night. You face the rock in a handicap match. Oh. But make no mistake about it. It takes more than that to keep the people's champ down. So the rock says, Big Show, you come on out with the Undertaker. But The Rock doesn't want to fight. No, because Barack's been fighting all night. The Rock wants you, Big Show, to pull your little black pants down. Uh-oh. Oh, then no. he wants you to bend over. Uh-uh. Then Undertaker, The Rock wants you to come out, and The Rock will admire all your little Mickey Mouse tattoos. <laughs> and then... Mickey Mouse? Just laying a challenge down to fight both the Undertaker and the Big Show, it sounds to me like, right here tonight. Oh, I think he just wants the Big Show to pull down his little black tights and... And then Big Show, as you're bent over, Undertaker The Rock says, you take your 33-pound head, <laughs> turn that bitch sideways, and stick it straight up, Big Show's ass! <laughs> now that's a visual for you. It's mankind. Mankind is up and moving around after the assault earlier by the Undertaker and the Big Show. The Rock, mankind was back there, and I got to admit, I liked your comments about the tattoos and the head up the candy ass. But I'm here to tell you that you don't have to do this alone. You see. Rock, I know you don't like me, and after last year's Royal Rumble, for a long time, I didn't like you, but I know what The Rock can do inside that ring, you know what mankind can do inside that ring, and mankind was talking to the people, and the people want mankind as The Rock's partner. as The Rock's partner. And tonight, in Boston, Massachusetts, mankind would like to be The Rock's partner. So what I'm saying to you is very simple. If The Undertaker and The Big Show can find the testicular fortitude... put their tag team titles on the line tonight. Yeah, tonight, King. That's what they're saying tonight. Wait a minute. Mankind would like to become the people's partner. <laughs> These guys, I thought they hated 
each other. Just think about it, Rock. Mankind and The Rock together with the millions. He's stealing The Rock stuff. Of The Rock's fans and the dozens of mankind's bands. Together, we will stand side by side. says he knows what your crazy ass will do so tonight the rock says one time you will be the people's partner what yeah, wait a minute it's gonna happen wait what put your hand down but the rock says this don't you ever and the rock means ever steal the rock's phrases again Plagiarist. So the challenge has been made for the rocking mankind. Yeah, but we don't know what the Undertaker Big Show are going to say. If you smile, what? Look at <laughs> what did the Rock just tell you? He's an idiot. Oh, he's Mick's a great guy. He ain't all there. He maybe, maybe not. Too many Hell in the Cell matches for him. Uh-oh. What the rock is cooking. So now we have the formation of the rock and sock connection. So later on in the night, we have the rock and sock connection take on The Undertaker and The Big Show for the WWF tag titles. Said earlier tonight, 
that he was uh, providing the Big Show with tough love. <laughs> Uh-oh, look at the power. There's some toughness right there. Both Mankind and The Rock trying to double team and did a pretty good job of the, of the Big Show here. And it slammed the Big Show's big face right down into the mat. Oh, Undertaker walking around the ring, rather kind of sauntering around the ring, not taking any, uh, not making any hurry. But that's The Rock now, the Big Show tag team titles on the line. Well, The Undertaker keeps saying this. As soon as The Big Show learns that he's a killer, then, then The Undertaker's job will be done with him. There will be nobody in the WWF that can stop The Big Show. Mankind doing his best to stop The Big Show for the tag team titles here. Oh, oh, oh my, my. Ooh. Sidewalk slammed by The Big Show on Mankind. Mankind around 300 pounds was lifted up like a small child by the 500-pound, 7-foot, 2-inch Big Show. A huge headbutt. No more devastating in this oh, business. Look at this. I'll tell you what, you're going to have to convince me. You do not have to convince me the Big Show's not got a mean streak. He's as nasty and as mean as you want to see. Yeah, but you heard The Undertaker. He sat right out here, JR, and said he, he just lacks that killer instinct. That was a wild thing earlier. Supposed to be The Undertaker and The Rock in a no-host barred matchup. And The Undertaker forced The Big Show to take on The Rock. And, of course, the results of that was a destroyed announce table. Almost a destroyed Rock. It just amazes me when you look at this. I mean, oh, mankind fighting out of that corner. He's got to. You and I both know. Oh, man. You and I both know how big The Rock is and how big Mankind is. But they look like almost like little children next to the big show. Oh, Rock and uh, Mankind look like junior high schoolers. And look at The Undertaker, the cheap shots. Why are those cheap shots? Measuring those because he's not the legal man in the ring, number one. Well, Mankind's not in the ring. Mankind is the He's on the steps. Mankind. His body thrown violently across the, the steel ring steps by The Undertaker. Please don't come over here by this flimsy table we got. Undertaker throwing Mankind back in the ring. Back to a 500-pound killer in the big show. I don't think he's a killer yet. That's what The Undertaker's trying to get him to be. And I shudder to think the big show escalates to The Undertaker's Ooh. killer level. Ooh. Kicks very deep in the, the abdomen. Can you imagine what it's like to have a 500-pound man with a 22 shoe stomping you in the stomach? Oh, man! Oh, man. Oh, that's got to be over. Got to be over. That's, that's over the rock. The rock. The rock interrupted that count right before the three fell. Tag team titles on the line here tonight on Raw. I think Rock just called the big show a big jabroni. Man, mankind in the arms of a monster. Seven feet two, 500 pounds. Applying all that pressure in the lower back of Mrs. Foley's baby boy, Mick. What a size of the Big Show's arms that look like oak tree limbs. <laughs> what are you doing? You can do more damage to your body than Hurricane Dennis. Well, Mrs. Foley might be about to, uh, how much does Miss Foley weigh? I don't know. Well, if she's fat, the fat lady might be fixing to sing on poor little Mick. How dare you insult Mrs. Foley? Well, I don't know. I've never seen her. Hey, hey Mankind biting. Whatever teeth Mankind had left, he got some of it. Oh, elbow right to the, right between the eyes of Mankind. 
from the big show. Mankind's pretty lucky. His teeth go. He's got one left on the top, one left on the bottom. At least they're opposite each other. And he held the big show elbows like, oh, look at Run over by a car. Again, the Undertaker measuring Mankind. Mankind out here on the floor. The Undertaker is not the legal man in this matchup right oh. now. Oh, a headbutt by the Phenom. Mick Foley is a, almost on Green Street here. I think he's trying to get out of here. The Undertaker with a vile shot right to the face of Mankind. Uh-oh, watch The Rock. And The Rock trying to intervene here and stop this Undertaker onslaught. And still saying the, if the left one don't get to the right one well, if the Phenom don't get to the Big Show well. Oh, and speaking of the Big Show, here he comes. And he is a he's scary big. Oh, look out here. I think he's going to start with you. Oh, Elbow right in the spine of Mankind. How much more can Mankind... Wait a minute. Paul Bearer has come out here. Did, did you see Paul Bearer showed The Undertaker something? I don't know what it was. What was it? I, how do I know? Whatever it was, Paul Bearer and The Undertaker are leaving. Is, is The Undertaker turning his back on his, on his tag partner? What did Paul Bearer show him? I don't have a clue. And it's Undertaker turning his back on the of the tag titles. I don't know, but can we can we get somebody to find out what it was that, that Paul Bearer came out here and showed the Undertaker? Man, whatever it was, it must have been very important because the Undertaker won half the tag team champions. This turn to let his partner alone. This could be bad. Oh, goodbye, Rock. Yeah, this is going to be bad. Nobody's going to get up from that choke slam. And Mankind's got a tear. And oh, my God, right back in his face. The Big Show kicked that steel tear right back in Mankind's face. This one is over. One, two. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe the Rock kicked out. Oh, my gosh. The Big Show is a... He's frothing at the mouth.
even though the Rock and Sock connection would only hold these belts for, what, a week? It was still a pretty cool moment to see on TV. And the Rock and Sock connection, one of the most popular tag teams from the Attitude Era. 2000 on Monday Night Raw, a, a mem- memorable moment. I wanted to share the audio, but the visual is the only way you can enjoy this. At the time, we had the Hardys, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian feuding, and they decided to spoof the Hardys and the Dudleys by bringing out midgets. And I will always remember this segment because of the midget that played Devon Dudley. Like his head was all, uh, you know how midgets are? Like their heads could be a little bit, you know, not perfectly round. But man, I fucking laughed my ass off this night in 2000 on Monday Night Raw. Go seek it out. It's funny. Same week, we had SummerSlam take place from Raleigh, North Carolina. The right to censor of Bull Buchanan, Stephen Richards, and the Good Father over a Too Cool. X-Pac over the Road Dog. Now, we had a tag match. Eddie Guerrero and China. They took on Trish Stratus and Val Venus. Val Venus was the Intercontinental Champion at the time. His belt was on the line. China would pin Trish Stratus. China became the new Intercontinental Champion. I think a lot of people forget how she had won the title that night. Jerry Lawler over Taz. Steve Blackman over Shane McMahon for the hardcore title. This was, that was a memorable match. I, I really enjoyed that match. Another match I enjoyed that time, at that time, Chris Benoit over Chris Jericho, two falls to one, best two out of three falls match. Obviously, another awesome match. Wow, this was a great SummerSlam when I think back at it. Edge and Christian retain the tag titles in the tables, ladders, and chairs match. Just one of the, the greatest ladder matches, you know, just... I, I talked recently about the AEW all-out pay-per-view and just the way they handled the Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers in a ladder match did not tell a story at all. This told a wonderful story. Edge and Christian, they retained the titles, defeating the Dudleys and the Hardys. You had the Cat over Terry Reynolds in a stick, stink face match. Kane and The Undertaker ended in a no contest. In the main event... In a triple threat match for the WWF Championship, The Rock retains, defeating Triple H and Kurt Angle. 2001, Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, in the midst of a big feud following the alliance, you know, the whole invasion storyline. And it was this week in 2001 on SmackDown that Steve Austin took possession of Kurt Angle's gold medals and did this. Damn, that belt just got all over me. Oh, what now? Look up here, boy. <laughs> I know you can see me. It's good old Stone Cold. Huh? What? Do you see me? Can you see Stone Cold Steve Austin? I got something in here. Something you said I'd never, never have. You said old Stone Cold Steve Austin never have some gold medals. I got two right around my neck right now, don't I? Don't I, Kurt? Are you proud of yourself? Just got yourself a big old win right there in the middle of my ring. Are you proud? Does it make you proud that you got a three count? Huh? I'm sure you're proud of yourself your whole life, huh? You went through high school, you had a little amateur career. You did real good. What'd you do? What? You got yourself a college scholarship. Huh, boy? Yeah, you did real good. And what'd you do after that? You went to the Olympics. What? 
You went to the Olympics. I guess you're proud of yourself, huh? Huh? You said I'd never have none of these. Stone Cold Steve Austin's got two of them. They belong to you. What? I said they belong to you, Kurt. You know that, and I know that. So since you're so proud, I wonder how proud you are. What will you do, Kurt, to get these gold medals back? What will you do to get a shot at this? Huh, Kurt? You want your gold medals back? Hell, I'll give them back to you. It's easy. All you got to do is ask for them. You're not too proud to ask for these damn gold medals, are you? Huh? What? What? Go ahead and ask for them. I'm listening to that. No, no, no. <laughs> That'd be too easy, wouldn't it? I don't want you to ask for them. You're so proud of yourself. Are you too proud to beg for them, Kurt? What? That's right, you little I said, are you too proud to beg for them? Get on your knees. Get on your knees. What? I said, get on your knees and you beg for these gold medals. What? You too proud to beg for them? Are you too proud to beg for these? I'm making it simple on you, Kurt. You too proud to beg for this? Huh? What? I can't hear you. No, you ain't got to beg. Forget about it. Why don't you cry for me, Kurt? You're the biggest damn crybaby in the World Wrestling Federation. I ain't never seen nobody like you. Cry every time you do something good. Cry about this, cry about that. Get on your hands and knees and cry for me, Kurt. You want these back? Go ahead, cry. If you cry, right now for Stone Cold Steve Austin, I'll give his damn things back. You disappoint me. Look at you. Red, white, and blue all over you. Captain America. Olympic champion. And you won't do the right thing for yourself. You won't do the right thing for your country. I guess that means you're real patriotic, don't it? You make me sick. What? If you don't want to beg for these and you don't want to cry for them, it proves to me that you don't want them. It proves to me that you don't want this. Stone Cold Steve Austin proved to the world that I would do anything, anything to get this belt. And you proved to me nothing. You proved to me you're a spineless little coward. You can't even beg for me. You can't even cry for me. So you know what? Oh. I'm getting that sinking feeling. See, Kurt, you don't want to cry for me. You don't want to beg for me. Hmm. Well, if that's the case, Kurt, you don't really want these medals. Hell, if you don't want them, I don't want them. I got enough luggage in my bag. I'm carrying this belt around. This is what means everything to me. These mean nothing to me. And if you won't beg for me, if you won't cry for me, they don't mean nothing to you. You pledge allegiance 
to the flag of the United States of America. And that's the difference between you and me. I pledge allegiance to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I pledge allegiance to this. And since you make me sick, you leave me no choice, you little mealy mouth Olympic punk. Two thousand two. Look, I have told so many stories about this in the past. Nothing I can add to it, but XPW had their first ever event in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, hostile takeover. I had the privilege of working for XPW at the time. You look at all the Northeast events, you'll see me doing timekeeping. I have told so many stories behind the scenes about just everything at that night. And that night was awesome. We had the bus trip, three buses sold out coming from New York to Philly. Lot of hotline guys at the time. Uh, Matt Zombie, Brian Damage, Timmy Austin, God rest his soul. I remember if Joey 924 or Black Moses were there too. But it was just a fucking awesome night, man. And the match results, psychosis over super crazy. Pogo the Clown and the Sandman fought to a no contest. Mexico's most wanted over the new Panthers. Always show love to Brian XL. He was great, and he was so excited for that match. It's really cool. Supreme retains King of the Death match title, defeating Angel. Just look at the light tube spot at the side of the ring. I'm right next to it, and you'll see me just put my hand over my face. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Uh, Hoovy over Chris Chetty. Vic Grimes over Alter Boy Luke and Little Guido in a three-way. Chaos retains the TV title over Chris Hamrick in a ladder match. Main event, XPW Everyweight Champion Shane Douglas and Terry Funk fought to a no contest. Look, we always talk about Sabu and Born to Be Wired. You will, I will never forget the visual of being backstage right next to Terry Funk with his arm and his fucking tendons hanging out open. If you thought Sabu's injury was disgusting, this was worse. And what was so bad about it, it was self-inflicted. It was not intentional to cut, get cut that bad, but he sliced himself open on a bottle outside when he was brawling with Shane Douglas. I just, on the regular shows, I tell the stories in more detail, but that night there was so much controversy between the woman's bathroom and Lizzie Borden with the panties. And this led to the state athletic commission and the infamous meeting that I have always talked about that had TNA and WWE and ring of honor and CZ. Oh God, I could go on for hours telling stories. And you know, what's funny. I've always told this story too. When XPW had TV, in Philly, in the Northeast at that time. A lot of people don't know this, but unfortunately, the way the tapes were done, there was not enough time to overnight or FedEx the tapes to the TV studio in Philly so it could air on television. And what we would do 
literally is we would go to Westchester. I can't remember the guy's name. He did ECW as well, but me and Slash, we would go to Westchester. We would be inside this TV studio, this guy's house, really. And he would do editing, do everything for the XPW TV. And then they would put it on one of these little tapes. And then myself and Slash would drive from New York to Philly by a certain time to drop off the tape so it could air on Philly TV the next night. We did that repeatedly. And I'll never forget the first TV that we were sending to Philly. We were on the New Jersey Turnpike. And this is 2002, so you don't have social media like you do now. And even the phones, they were not smartphones like they are now. So, you know, Raw is on TV, and we don't know what's going on. So somebody's on speakerphone with us telling us what's going down. And I'll never forget, we were halfway to Philly, and somebody's telling us on speakerphone like, oh, uh, Eric Bischoff just created the World Heavyweight title, and Triple H won it. How did he win it? Oh, he handed it to him. We were like, are you fucking kidding me? And so I remember just being on the highway when someone was telling us that Eric Bischoff handed the fucking World Heavyweight title to Triple H. Whatever. Another moment that took place this week in 02 that I think is worth talking about because it was a very memorable match at the time and it was a big deal. And it was really, really cool to see Jerry Lynn get the exposure that he should have received. Now, look, in ECW, Jerry Lynn got a lot of love. His feud with RVD, obviously, one of the best in ECW's history. But we always felt that Jerry Lynn should have gone a little bit further. And in 2002, uh, he had a match for the X Division title. It was Jerry Lynn versus AJ Styles versus Loki. Uh, I will share with you highlights. Unfortunately, I cannot share the match in its entirety because Anthem will insist that it gets taken down. So let's flash back 2002 for the X Division title. Jerry Lynn positioning the ladder. Going for it already. He's got it under the X Division belt and he's got to climb that ladder. You can see that the ladder is, what, eight feet tall? It's a couple of feet taller than Lynn. Low key. Not going to let him do it. Yeah, able to stop. Now low key's going. Move up the ladder. Oh, he's not. I think low key wants to. He's going to use the ladder for something. Now trying to position the ladder. Styles, meanwhile, from behind. Look out. You cannot waste time. Whoa, man. Like you said earlier, you've got to have eyes in the back of your head. Chop exchange oh, and man. a vicious AJ's. series of forearms. Oh. And AJ Styles oh. is squared up and he turns right into a right hand. Jerry Lynn caught him. I have never seen AJ get that vicious. That was unreal. What an offensive display. What an offensive flurry from AJ Styles. But because he didn't look behind him, Jerry Lynn caught him out of nowhere. We've heard chance for Jerry. We've heard chance for Low Key. We've heard chance for AJ Styles. All because the TNA Asylum crowd. Hip toss. You have got to be kidding me! Low Key crashes back first into the steel ladder. Look at this crowd! 
everyone around ringside is on their feet. I'm telling you right now, it's between Jerry and AJ if they hurry because Loki just took an unbelievable blow. Now Lynn setting up the ladder in the corner. Both of his opponents slow to get to their feet. Styles first up, Loki still down. Now Jerry Lynn is going to try and send him over. Oh! Look at Styles climb the ladder. Lands on his feet. Caught him with the boot. That's unbelievable. Springs He's doing off. it again. Went for the DDT. Reverse into a released suplex by Jerry Lynn. What presence of mind of Jerry Lynn to stay with it, to not give up on the move. And what agility by AJ Styles to climb that ladder. Well, in the hold for the uh, for Jerry Lynn. Look, Low Key and Jerry Lynn both up. Now, Low Key's on his feet. Fish is kicked in the face. Remember, the fall will not help you in this matter. As, as the referee Andrew, just let him know. Almost as if on instinct, Low Key went for the pin. Referee Andrew Thomas reminding him, you cannot win this match by pinning your opponent. You've got to climb the ladder and get the belt to the corner. Title, title wave attempt. matches of all time and it has not disappointed by any means styles has got the ladder oh. and he just rammed the ladder right into the chest of low key sending him down into the corner and you know they, they, these guys realize that they put their life in their hands once they start climbing the ladder, ladder. position under the belt he's getting he's close. can he regain the title he's, he's just got to he's 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 reach up no. He's got his hands on the belt. Loki's on the same ladder with him. Loki and AJ fighting oh, at the top. How did he kick him from that angle? You've got to be kidding. It was a roundhouse kick from the ladder. He's hooked. Look out. Oh. Nowhere to go. AJ is stuck in the ladder. Front kick to the chest again. He is at Loki's mercy right here. And think of that steel ladder. Every time he makes impact. Can Loki take advantage of the fact that Styles is out? Now he mounts the ladder. Several more rungs to go. He's got to reach up and get his belt. Can he retain the title? He's inches away. No, Jerry Lynn from behind. He's not going to let it happen. Now Jerry Lynn climbs the ladder as well. AJ Styles. Backdrop suplex from several rungs up on the ladder, crashing down to the mat. The X Division is unreal. And you're seeing it at its finest, at its most brutal. How does it get better every week? You know, it's like 
Can you top this? Each and every week, each and every Wednesday, right here on NWA TNA. And they never disappoint. Next week, the special X show, plus the exclusive interviews with these three men. Can you believe that? You're going to get to see so much high flying next week. Here, here goes Styles. Is he going back to get his belt? Here it is. Several more steps up. Styles has got it. He wants it's it. inches away. No. He needed to go up no. He's got him hooked by the trunks. Won't let him up. AJ trying to keep his balance as the ladder rocks back and forth. Trying to fight off Loki as well with right hands. How is Loki? Neither one of them can do it. Now you were going to ask the question, how do they maintain their balance up there? Here's the opening from Lynn. This is his chance. His chance to win the title for the first time. Jerry Lynn climbing up the ladder. Finally, after all these years. Almost as if he ran out of gas about three quarters of the way up the ladder. No, they're not going. Styles and Loki tip the ladder over. Lynn went crashing into the corner. Loki is over right here for the move. He's bringing another ladder into play. That's what the triple ladder match is all about. We're going to have think about that. If you get more than one ladder in there. You've got so much more you've got to defend and protect. Styles has got one ladder positioned under the belt. Smartly, Loki realizes that and comes back into the oh. ring, but he's met with a kick right into the face. Jerry Lynn is over grabbing his leg. Looks incredibly injured. Well, yeah, after a fall oh. from, from, from that height, off the ladder and then right into the turnbuckle, of course. I don't know how. The kick from Loki was on target. Styles is reeling to the ropes. Look at this! Back out of nowhere. How he Inverted DDT. That is absolutely after everything they pulled through. How AJ Styles had the presence of mind to make that move is out of this world. Second nature to him at that point. It had to be. Now Lynn is back in the battle and back to his feet. The seesaw matchup continues. The right hands have Styles now in trouble in the corner. Lynn gonna take him out, brings him to the middle of the ring. Just think next week is all X Division. The X Special next week, the incredible highlights of everything that's gone down in the first several months. The spring oh. back, he got Lynn instead, Styles. Running powerbomb by Jerry Lynn. Mike, sometimes it just leaves you speechless. But well, we have to catch our breaths too. Just like the competitors and just like the fans here in the TNA Asylum who remain on their feet as one. Fighting it out in the corner. 
They're going to have to see Loki Logan. going up, yeah. but Loki's going to get his belt. You can't turn your eye on anybody. Jerry won't let him do it. Loki now, now. He's using both ladders. And right now, as you see, AJ and Jerry are still going at it. Loki's about one rung away. Styles now climbs the ladder. And the two of them fighting at the top of the ladders. Oh, man. The X Division title belt hangs above the ring. Jerry Lynn laying on the ground. AJ, look at this. How can they keep their balance? Sleeper locked in, cranking back on the neck of AJ Styles. And now here comes Jerry Lynn into the mix. Couple of right hands from Lynn forces Loki to break the dragon. My God. Lynn, everybody's on a ladder. One of them, all they got to do is reach up to get it. How did he do that? Look at how, did he, how did he keep his balance, oh, Lynn? No, so That's the most phenomenal thing I've ever seen. Styles up. There he goes. Jerry up there. I still can't get over Loki maintaining his balance on there's, the ropes. There's only one ladder left. What is just going on? No. No, no. Not the pile driver from up there. No. My God. The cradle pile driver from five rungs up. Loki is out cold. seriously injured. AJ Styles is still not in the ring. He's knocked out somewhere back here. Maybe maybe the most incredible high-risk move that I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. Jerry Lynn going for it. Lynn, can he win the belt for the first time? Can he reach up and get it? Can he reach up and get it? He's reaching up. He's up. He's got it. Champ. We'll see you next week for Special X. As a little bonus, I'm going to share with you one more audio clip from this week in O2, XPW. Let's go back to it. Now, I've told this story before for those that don't know it, and I could do what I want. It's my show. This week in O2, they had their first event in Philly, and I had picked up from JFK Airport Halloween, Damien 666, Psychosis, and Super Crazy. So, yeah, I don't know them, but Became friendly with them afterwards, especially Halloween, Damien 666. And I was very happy that I was able to get them to work a little bit of USA Pro Wrestling a couple of years later. But I pick them up from JFK Airport, and they're hungry. So I live in Howard Beach, which is right by JFK Airport. I'm like, ah, what do you want? Pizza, McDonald's, chicken. Chicken, chicken, chicken. So there's a Kentucky Fried Chicken over here. So I'll never forget it. We go inside the Kentucky Fried Chicken. And they're starting to play around with their wrestling moves and everything. And somebody had recognized Psychosis, which was really cool. Then someone recognized Super Crazy, which was pretty cool. But we're back in the caravan and we're driving down Cross Bay Boulevard. And in my neighborhood, you know, it's a hot summer day. There's some chicks walking around and you had to see these guys rolling down the window. I don't remember who said what. But they started catcalling some of the girls. And there was a couple of girls at one point that were walking down the block with guys. And we got stuck at a red light. And I started getting a little nervous, saying to myself, oh, my God, this is a rental fucking caravan. That's all I need is this. But then I thought to myself, I got fucking 
Lucha Libre stars in here. They'll beat the fuck out of whoever it is. They'll, they don't care. It was just so funny, man. They made me laugh my ass off that whole weekend. And then meeting up with Hoovy later on. Hoovy, you'd be surprised how quiet Hoovy was back, you know, behind the scenes. You'd be shocked. But I'll always remember XPW's event, the first one, not only for the Terry Funk incident, not only for Supreme in a hardcore match, Brian XL, and a couple other stories I could bring up, but I'll always remember it also for Hoovy doing his infamous promo a la The Rock. Finally, the Jews have come back to Philadelphia! I think I've heard that before. What the juice is cooking. I think we've heard all that before. Ubatu Guerrero. This is a pleasure for the juice to be in a juicy house. So tonight, XPW has been doing the best decision ever to bring the juice to the juicy house. What? Say it! Shut up! Shut up! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you again! Fuck you twice! You don't get tired? So suck my dick! All you fucking jabronis and marks! What kind of what kind of respect is that? You gotta respect. Not the best one, not the great one. You gotta respect the juicy one. Oh God! I kind of knew you he was gonna say that. Because it's all about the juice, baby. And the juice is loose. And the juice is on the loose. You know, I see a lot of a lot of jabronis, a lot of jokers in the back. Try to get a match with the Jews. I don't see any good talent in this building. What are you talking about? Maybe because they're from Philly. Whoa. I don't know. So I even see a Chris Chatty or Chris Giovanni Chatty. Oh, come on, bro. Let me have a match with the Jews. I know he's the best. I want to learn from him. What the hell is that? You have got to be kidding Fuck me. Fuck you. Fuck you. Who does this guy think he is? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Who gave him the microphone? I said fuck you, son of a god. Watch your language. You want some of this? You want some juicy, 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 juice? No, thank you. I know, lady. You know the juice. You're the best. I love you. You see, there's some real good juicy people in this town. Not like all oh, you suckers. What the hell is a juicy person? It's okay, I'm getting tired of all you suckers. So let's have some juicy action. The best action. The non-stop action with the juice man. 2003, New Japan Pro Wrestling has Osaka Dream Night from Osaka, Japan. The reason why I'm bringing up this event 
is because in New Japan's 30-year history at the time, this night was the first ever time that a cage match, believe it or not. We'll get to that match in a little bit. First, the results, Ryozuki Taguchi over Hiroki Goto, Yutaka Yoshi over Blue Wolf, Heat Masahito Kakihara and Tiger Mask over Jushin Danalaga, Koji Kanemoto, and Wataru Inoue. Osamu Nishimura over Shinsuke Nakamura. For the U30 Openweight title, Hair versus Mask match, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeats Makai number two. Manamo Nakanishi over Kazunari Murakami. Uh, Ryushi Yanagazawa and Tadayo Yasuda. I think my Japan has improved over the years. They defeated Ensan Inoue and Yuji Nagata. Hiroshi Tenzan over Shinya Makabe. And the main event, once again, inside a steel cage for the IWGP heavyweight title, Yoshihiro Takayama defeats Masahiro Chono. 2005 SmackDown airs. I, I don't know if anybody else out there feels this way. SmackDown used to be on Thursday nights. Then it moved to fr- Friday nights. Now it's on Tuesday nights. I don't know, man. Of all the nights of the week that SmackDown has aired over the years, Thursday was always my favorite. I don't know. A lot of you out there feel the same way. This week in 2005, we had the final SmackDown air in its regular Thursday night time slot. Believe it or not. 2006, Chris Jericho. Now look, we know Fozzie. Fozzie's fucking awesome. Well, at this time on Fox, they had a reality tournament, series, whatever you want to call it, called Celebrity Duets. You had celebrities singing, performing. Chris Jericho performed on Celebrity Duets. He was eliminated. Now, look, anybody that's ever heard Chris Jericho's Fozzie music, it's fucking great. And I'm not even into metal or that type of music. I'm into club and house and vintage dance and R&B and all that. But I still think Fozzie is fucking great. But this night, mm, celebrity duets, ah, slow music, Chris Jericho. I don't know, man. You be the judge. Please welcome Chris Jericho. Counted the stars on the 4th of July. Wishing we were rockets bursting in the sky Talking about redemption and things we left behind And the sun sank west of the Mendocino County This Leanne Womack Scarce as Monday morning feeling washed away I orchestrated paradise, couldn't make you stay Dance with the horses through the sands of time As the sun sank west of the Mendocino County line I these pictures and I keep these photographs To remind me of a time These pictures and these photographs Let me know I'm doing to make you happy Until upon a time But the sun sank west Of the Mendocino County line The sun sank west Of the 
Same week, we had the WWE main roster in-ring debut of The Miz. We are back on SmackDown. It's the debut of The Miz. Jerry Briscoe is rolling over in his grave, and Jerry's not even dead. The following contest is scheduled for one ball, making his way to the main from Cleveland, Ohio, weighing in at 231 pounds. The Miz! Well, Unico wrestling attire for The Miz. You know, usually you had to go through the territories. You had to earn your way here. Now you appear on a reality show. If we could get Edna Cole Smith, Chris Crew, and senior citizens and eating cookies and taking pills, how about we book her next to the match? That's that. I like that. Oh, you do? Well, what is he doing? I like the strut. The strut? That looks like a sleaze stack. I said the strut. He looks like the red rooster, and that little stooge sucked. Tonight... All of you, my misfits, get to witness the greatest debut in the history of SmackDown! Because yeah. it's time for the Miz's first match! Hoorah! Hoorah! This actually makes me want to watch this match because I want to see if Tatanka destroy him. Miz could actually tie me to a tree in my prime and not beat me in three freaking weeks. So Tatanka and Miz kick things off in Miz's debut on SmackDown. And I like the unique in-ring gear of the Miz. Maybe Tatanka the scalper. And referee Charles Robinson called for the break. And you gotta back it up. Don't you stop this stuff? Don't you stop this stuff? And you see Tatanka having words with referee Charles Robinson. Tatanka's not uh, been in a good mood as of late, thinking the referees have cost him a few matches in recent weeks. He's had a, a legitimate beef, although last week uh, he let the arguing. Well, catch up to him. Turkai taking advantage. Sylvester Turkai picking up the win over Tatanka. Yeah, but you got to remember, Tatanka being the first one to knock Turkai off his feet. Exactly. Tatanka, no slouch whatsoever. He's just a whiner and crier. Oh! Nice deep arm drag by Miz. Now he's doing the robot. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to 
So let, let me get this straight. The guy, the guy does one good arm drag, and he's out strutting around the ring. It's like France winning a war. You just went to France this weekend, didn't you? Shut up. Miz working on the left. My arm. wife like France, likes France. All right, I don't. All right, I went because of her. I understand you were embarrassed because she's French. She was able to order dinner. And Tataka whipped across the ring into the corner. Here comes the Miz, who lands on the apron. While I was at dinner, actually, uh, fireworks went off and three French soldiers sitting next to me surrendered. And now Miz uh, mocking Tataka, and I don't know how wise that is. And Tataka did That's not find it funny. Welcome to uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. And he's complaining to the referee, and Tataka saw that coming from a mile away. He missed. Tataka knows every trick in the book. Miz, I don't believe Miz can breathe anymore after those chops at Tataka. Now, working on that left arm. Tataka driving shoulders into the shoulder of Miz. Miz is hurting. He's hurting. What about me? I'm watching him. The wrestling gods must hate me. Who have I pissed off? Who have I made mad? Who have I got heat with? Miz driving Tataka. Jaw first into his knee. And Tataka shoulder first into the steel post. And Miz showing some life here. No wonder we took the, the country from these Native American Indians. Good Lord. What does that have to do with Miz? That's something to Tonka. He throws him to him right now. Side suplex by Miz. Into the cover. Hooks the leg. There's two and a kick out. Another cover. Another kick out. Wasn't Miz in the Diva contest? No, he was the host of the Diva Search. And he was upset that he didn't get the host of the Diva Search finals at the Hard Rock Cafe in New York City. He was upset because they were wearing sequins and he didn't get to. I don't believe that is not why he was upset. The SmackDown fans trying to get Tatanka back into the matchup. Vertical base for Tatanka. High elbow off the nose. And another one. Miz trying to battle back with left hand. And Tatanka exchanging blows with Miz center of the ring. And the Lakota Warrior unloading on Miz. Wow, that hurt. That'll be a reality check. Big back body drop. Tataka building momentum. Why don't we get somebody from the old Brady Bunch to come in here? And Tataka is on the warpath. I hope he is. Tataka finish him off. Treat him like custard, boy. Treat him like somebody getting out of bingo. With all your money. <laughs> Tataka, tomahawk, chopped to the, the skull of Miz. The pr proud Native American milk cow. Buffalo. And Tataka back out to the apron. And Tataka, high-risk maneuver, going to the top rope here. And look at Miz. Miz buying himself some time, sliding underneath the bottom rope. Oh, and he paid for that. Wow. Get him, Tataka. Get him. There you go, Tataka. Wear him out, boy. In honor of Chief J. In honor of Jerry and Jack. In honor of Geronimo. And a big knee to the gut of Tatanka. Miz, skull first off the 
the top turnbuckle. And Tataka driving Miz to the mat. Beating him like a running mule. That's what oh, he wait, did. Wait, wait, wait. Miz just shoved the referee into Tataka. He raked the eyes into Tataka. Miz going for a backslide. Miz using the ropes for leverage. Miz just kicked Tataka. And he's missed all the match. Here is your winner, the Miz. Well, Tataka's string of bad luck continues. Bad luck. Armageddon is opponent. Hey, I'll tell you what, JBL. It's a rapture. Nobody around here is being taken to heaven in rapture, but good Lord, we're a revelation's opponent. No matter what you want to say, Miz wasn't exactly a flop. He somehow did win his debut here tonight. 2007, WWE was not happy this week in 07. Um, a lot of controversy stemming from the Signature Pharmacy lawsuit. Now, at the same time, Sports Illustrated had posted an article online about illegal steroids and, and just being just running rampant in Florida. They did not name the WWE wrestlers that were uh, found as part of the signature pharmacy lawsuit. But as a result, WWE would suspend uh, 10 wrestlers, might have even been a little bit more. And when they we learned the names later on as far as who was part of Signature Pharmacy, you know, unfortunately, there were names on there that were already deceased. Brian Adams, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. And Sylvain Grenier was no longer working for WWE at the time. But Chavo Guerrero, Shane Helms, Randy Orton, John Morrison, Kenny Anderson, Funaki, Charlie Haas, Umaga, William Regal, Edge, all showed up on this lawsuit. I think Mike Bucci's name had popped up and WWE would make drastic changes to the wellness program. So look, although it's a black spot on WWE's history when it comes to, you know, performance enhancing drugs, a lot of changes went down for the good following this. And you got to keep in mind that while all this was going on, you know, Congress was trying to get WWE uh, to subpoena WWE to basically speak in front of Congress. So all this was happening at the same time. And uh, I think Nick Dinsmore was released this week in 07 after failing a drug test. It was just so much shit going down. Not good for the WWE. Um, on a more positive note, this same week in 2007, we found out that Ashley Mazzaro, God rest his soul, she was going to be competing on Survivor China. And, uh, yeah, she was the second voted out, but she is one of the more famous uh, stars to have ever competed on Survivor. Survivor was a big deal at the time. And, you know, anybody that has access to uh, newsprint and media from yesteryear, Ashley got a shitload of press from competing in Survivor. And it was all positive. I mean, some wonderful stories. And, yes, you know, I was not a fan of Ashley Mazzaro over the years, um, God rest his soul. Just tragic that she has uh, left us too soon. But we could at least look back in celebration that in 2007 this week, we learned she was going to be competing in Survivor. Wrapping up 2007, Adam Pierce beat Brent Albright to win the vacant NWA heavyweight title. Uh, if you are not aware or forgot, the NWA title was vacant because TNA and NWA broke apart from each other. 
And um, Adam Pierce took the place of Brian Danielson, who had suffered an orbital bone a week before when he uh, had taken on Takeshi Morishima. 2009, we had the official TV uh, debut of Dixie Carter. First time we saw her on television. I mean, look, we knew what Dixie Carter looked like. It was the first time we saw her on TV. Not a memorable moment, no big angles or anything like that, but still, you know, Dixie Carter on TV. 2010, TNA signs Mickey James. Caval, winner of NXT Season 2. 2011, Triple H announces that Raw and SmackDown from now on would be super shows. Earlier, we talked about, you know, the segments with, you know, CM Punk and Kevin Nash and Triple H at the time. I don't know. If you want, sit back a couple of minutes because, look, CM Punk was awesome on the mic at that time. And, you know, putting Kevin Nash aside for a minute, you know, the feud that Punk and Triple H had was pretty big. And what's funny about it is after all of these years, because this is 2011, you look at the heat that CM Punk has had with WWE over these past years. If CM Punk would have come back, you almost feel like this feud that he had in 11, although Triple H is past his prime right now, I think fans would probably enjoy Punk punking out Triple H more now than he did in 2011. What do you think? I know you've been in some movies, but that, that was Oscar caliber. That was, that was Pacino in heat level thespianism. That was beautiful. Great performance, Triple H. What do you want? What do I want? Well, for starters, this isn't one of your movies. How about you stop acting? Huh? You don't want Kevin Nash to lie. I want you to stop lying. Man up. Tell the truth for once. That you... Big Daddy Cool have been in this together from the beginning. Oh boy. The plot thickens. <laughs> this is going to be good. Triple H can have a rough time moderating this. Ever since Kevin Nash showed up at SummerSlam, there's been a major issue between Nash, that man, one of Triple H's closest friends, and of course CM Punk, and you alluded to it, JR, earlier, Nash has cost Punk the WWE Championship for an opportunity at that title on more than one occasion. Certainly has, and this could be a very volatile situation because, as we heard, the COO has an issue with his good friend Kevin Nash. Well, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this. The COO and Kevin Nash could be in cahoots together. Who knows? Who's zooming who here? First off, yeah. Yeah, I lied. I had my driver call Lornitis and tell him that I got in a wreck. But you know why? Because you wouldn't let me take care of things. So I had, to get, yeah, I had to take our friendship and use it against you because I knew it would pull you out of the building. And the problem is, is him. You wouldn't let me finish what I was supposed to do. So I had to get rid of you. Yeah, 
You've been trying to make a fool out of me in front of millions for the last couple of weeks, and it's done. It's over. But you know what? The thing is, it's just not me. It's you he's insulting, and more importantly, it's your wife. So I got a question for you. I might not have exactly acted the way you wanted me to, but my question is, what kind of man are you? What kind of man am I, huh? The kind of man that doesn't expect to be lied to by his best friend. The kind of guy that expects if his friend tells him something, he can take it for the truth. That doesn't work anymore, does it, Kev? Because I can't trust you. Not when it comes to business. You lied to my face. So, Kev... Now I'm going to ask you one more time like I did before. Leave. Leave. And this time, don't come back. First off, you're right, I lied. But only about the accident, not about the text. The second thing is, while you were out of the building last week, well, John Laurinaitis, Executive Vice President of, of Talent Personnel, signed me to a, in this economy, very lucrative WWE contract. So, buddy O'Pal, if you're going to fire me, you're going to have to do it in front of all these people and the millions at home. And on top of that, it's guaranteed, so I'll sit home and get paid. So, ball's kind of in your court. Kev, I'm not going to fire you, all right? No, 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 no. But the lying stops now. You understand me? No more. No more disrespect. <laughs> 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 Get it? Get it? I'm acting. I'm I'm acting like I'm sick. It's like you two are acting. You expect anybody? Let alone me to believe this crap. 
Ah! Triple H, you can't be the bad guy. You can't get your hands dirty, so you have you do his work, right? And then you not only apologize to him, or you not only accept his apology, you hire him back? That's a, that's a good acquisition. Fantastic job. Hey, everybody, the click's back. Yeah! Woohoo! Which, which is kind of ironic because click is the noise the audience's remote control makes every time Kevin Nash pops up on their TV screen. <laughs> and, wait, I'm not done. It's the noise your knees make when you walk. Click, 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 click. Well, you know what? Since I'm now officially under a WWE contract, why don't you do me a favor, Hunter? Why don't you book the match everybody wants to see? Why don't you book the match he thinks he wants? Kevin Nash versus CM Punk. Yeah, brother, why don't you make that match? You know what? Why don't we do it at Night of Champions? You being a champion ass kisser and all. So why don't you go ahead and why don't you make that match? Of course, of course, first you have to check with the board of directors to make sure it's okay. And by board of directors, I mean your wife. So come on. Mr. COO, make the match that he thinks he wants. I mean, your wife's the one who runs the show around here anyway, right? So why don't you ask her if it's okay? I mean, she's the one who told you to text Nash at SummerSlam, right? Let's face it. You don't wear the pants in the family. But you do wear her panties, don't you? Pipe bomb. want the match? Fine. It's official. Nash versus CM Punk, Night of Champions. Far as the two of you go, I got two words for both of you. I somehow got a feeling that Triple H would like to see these two guys, Nash and CM Punk, destroy each other. 2012, Cameron, you don't hear her name anymore, suspended from WWE. Big story on TMZ. Uh, Apparently, she was arrested for DUI. She didn't notify WWE about her arrest, thinking that it would 
go away. And then there were reports coming out that she tried to bribe the officers at the scene. Look, the bribing part, I don't think that's big of a deal. You know, if you're just begging officers, please give me a break, blah, 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 blah. Sure. You know, you got pulled over, you were drinking, you shouldn't have been doing it in the first place. But I can understand why some of them would plead. You know, I don't think she offered them money or, you know, favors. I could be wrong, but still, you know, it was just not good. And she never really recovered. I mean, you look at now after all of these years, Cameron, I mean, really, have you heard much of her? And I'm not saying this to be controversial. The last time that I have heard anything about Cameron, I think TMZ had seen her on the street and she had said something like that she only dates white guys or something like that. It was something really dumb. And I'm not saying dating white guys or black guys are dumb. I'm just saying it was just like, after all of this, this is the best you could come up with for her? Whatever. 2013. I don't know, main event, Mafia, Aces, 0.8, blah, 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 blah. TNA at this time really started feeling like it was going downhill. But this moment in 13 definitely needs to be brought up. It was a great promo. AJ Styles, not known for outstanding promos. You know, decent on the mic, but not pipe bomb material, even though some people may say this could possibly fall into that category. At the time... You know, you had a lot of beatdowns to Samoa Joe, Sting, and they had AJ Styles by their side, and they wanted to publicly thank AJ Styles on television. AJ Styles grabs the mic and says, Now, I'm sure you guys got questions. I've got answers. When it comes to this past Thursday... I know what the biggest question on your mind is. Am I the newest member of the main event mafia? Well, I respect what they're doing, and I hope they kick aces and eights, but I got to tell you, I've wear, I have wore the suit and tie before, and it's just not me. And it's not their fault. No. You see, over the, the past year, I've kind of developed some trust issues. And maybe you know what I'm talking about when you have two of your best friends stab you in the back. Or, or maybe it was the guys uh, in the truck, guys I considered friends, that aired my dirty laundry for the whole world to see just for the sake of good television without even asking me if it were true or not. Uh, maybe it was nothing. Maybe it was none of that. Maybe it was me realizing what everyone had told me, that this is just how the business is. And that the only person AJ Styles can trust is Alan Jones. So if I haven't made myself clear, I am with no one. I might as well answer some other questions since I'm out here. Like, um, AJ Styles, why did you change? What happened to you, AJ? I get it. Maybe your perception of me has changed. I understand that because my perception of this business has changed. 
But make no mistake about it. I'm better than the best in the world. I am the phenomenal AJ Styles. Although I love what I do in this ring. Although I love what I do in this ring, I have to understand that this is just a job. Despite what everybody thinks, and maybe you know where I'm coming from, maybe you can relate. So you've had that job. You've had that job that just plain sucks. It doesn't matter if you're driving a truck, you're secretary in a big building. At one point, sometime or another, you've been shafted by upper management when you're the hardest working man in the building. And for what? I've realized over the past year that I deserve better. Hey, Mike, I deserve better. Hey, Dixie, I deserve better. I have been your go-to guy for the past 11 years, and for what? So you can bring in the next star, the next big thing, and we can all watch him fail? Or, or maybe it's that new direction you were taking that didn't go anywhere. There I was to pick up the pieces, to bail you out, and take this company and put it back on my shoulders. There are so many times in this past year, I prayed to God that you would just fire me so I didn't have to quit. But what I do, I stayed here. I stayed here and I've done my job. Because like most of these people out here, I have a family and I need to take care of them. That's my job. That's what I do. So I didn't quit. What did I do? What did I do? I came to this ring and I started tapping people out. But over the next couple months, something happened. Something, something clicked up here and I got it. I got it. Something clicked up here and I got it. I like being your go-to guy. I like being that guy. I like the guy that you need to depend on to deliver the goods. I like being the guy that can steal the show. I like being the guy that can send these fans going home happy because they got their money's worth. I like being the go-to guy. The question is, can I still be that go-to guy? You better believe it. Can I still take the weight of this company on my shoulders? You're damn right I can. So the question is, the question that needs to be answered is this. Can I go on and win the Bell for Glory series and on the right, 
to be called your new DNA World Heavyweight Champion. I said we had two great promos this week. This one only runs two minutes, but I think you'll enjoy it. Let's move on over to Pro Wrestling Gorilla. And at the time, Kevin Owens, the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, all household names now, they're in Pro Wrestling Gorilla. And for those who are big-time fans of Kevin Owens, I know you've probably heard this a thousand times. But for others out there, you might hear it now for the first time ever. Mount Rushmore of Pro Wrestling. Enjoy this promo this week in 13. You, I hate you so much. You are such a piece of shit. Hey, Hey, let's chill. But I'm a piece of shit. That's true. true. I can appreciate pieces of shit. And they always say, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, I tried to beat you, and I couldn't. So now, I got your goddamn back. I'm not going to suck your dick, but I will make everybody who tries to stand in your way suck your dick. Everyone. Tell me who. Candace, Elgin, Joey Ryan. Not these two. I don't do that. They're good Christian boys. They don't do that shit. Right on. The bottom line is this. A couple months ago, I came here with 100 t-shirts in my bag. I sold 60. That's pretty good, right? That's great. But there's 500 people in this fucking place, so why didn't I sell 100? PWG fans, take me for granted. You got a valid point, Kev. They took you two for granted for, for years. years now. All of a sudden, Here. all of a sudden, you noticed a couple months ago, fuck the Young Bucks. Right. Oh, wait, but the other half says, let's go, Young Bucks. Right. You know what? It's too late for that, you pieces of shit. I'm sorry for all the swearing. I know you guys don't like it. I'm censoring it. I like it. It's too late for that, you pieces of ass. There you go. You think you're so effing cool all of a sudden? Let's go, Young Bucks. It's too late. It's too late for PWG. You see this? Mm-hmm. We are the champions. Where's my belt? I don't need a goddamn belt. I made this place. I'm the champion of the universe. Mr. PWG. They are the PWG Tag Team Champions. Yes. He is the PWG World Champion. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. <laughs> Matt Rushmore. Matt Rushmore. Matt Rushmore, guys. That's not what we're Matt putting on the shirt. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. I like Rushmore. And this is just the beginning. Suck our dicks. Going to wrap this up momentarily, everybody. Got a little bit more to discuss. First off, 2015 this week was not a great week in the world of pro wrestling. First off, TNA suspended Bram after being arrested for domestic violence and false imprisonment charges. Also the same week in 2015, anybody remember piss milk shit guy, piss shit milk guy? Armando Montavo, that wacko from Florida. Oh, my God. We've talked about him countless times in the past. Well, this week in 15, he showed up at WWE's Performance Center. They already had a protection order that he could not go anywhere near the premises. Was harassing people there. They called the cops. Basically, I guess he acted like he was going to, I guess, hit one of the cops or he charged one of the cops and they shot him. And this motherfucker went to jail and he still, you have not, oh my God, if you have not followed Piss Milk Shit Guy, you know, you feel free to email me or contact me on Twitter and I'll re, uh, re replay on the other shows some of his infamous moments. I mean, some of it's fucking disturbing. 
And if, if I can make a recommendation, if you're a fan of Wrestling Soup, please, if you want to make Mish's day, go on his show and ask him to talk a little bit about piss milk shit guy. He will have a field day telling you things. But damn, this guy's one creepy motherfucker. I always said that I was really concerned that one day this guy was going to fucking let loose and we were going to have a massive tragedy. I said that before he even got shot in front of the WWE Performance Center. But still, guys just, I, I wish the guy would fucking straighten his act out. He's on medications for, you know, he's just screwed up, really screwed up. Same week, I said it was not a good week in wrestling. WWE suspended Jimmy Snooker's Legends contract because Jimmy Snooker arrested, charged with uh, the, the death of Nancy Argentina from 1983. So that broke this week in 15. And also, you remember Zyra Schreiber, who was the girlfriend at the time of Seth Rollins? WWE had her under uh, contract and they released her because people found online social media posts where she was uh, posting Nazi symbols. And what was even more ridiculous about it is she's trying to justify it and defend it. I think at one point somebody claimed that she claimed it was art. And uh, SWAT stickers are never art. And she's just, you know, whack job. And I, I had big um, blowout with her on social media a while back. I'm not going to tell the story over here, but, you know, she, to me, she's just a whack job. And it's funny because she is extremely attractive. Let's not take that away from her. You know, there's uh, some podcasters out there that gush over this woman. I mean, there's a fucking woman with SWAT stickers and other stuff, but because she's sexy, you follow her? Nah, I don't fucking think so. 2016, AAA has Triple Mania 24 from Mexico. Australian Suicide won a name. He wins the Copa Triple Mania event. It was a 12-man elimination match. Other participants, you had La Parca, El Zorro, El Guido, Daga, Torres, El Hio del Pirata Morgan, Pimpinela Escalada, Mamba, Superfly, Hernandez, and Argenis. Fabi and Mary Apache. Uh, versus Averno and Chessman ended in an no contest. For the AAA World Tag Team titles, Drago and Aerostar defeat Angelico and Jack Evans, who were the champs at the time, Paul London and Matt Cross, and Hio uh, uh, Del Fantasma and Garza Jr. For the AAA Latin American Championship, Johnny Mundo wins the title, defeating Pentagon Jr. Lucha Underground six-man tag match, Rey Mysterio Jr., Prince Puma, and Azteca Dragon Jr. over Marty Martinez, Matanza, and Mil Muertes. For the AAA Mega Championship, Texano Jr. retains, defeating Brian Cage and Dr. Wagner Jr. Main event, mask versus hair match, Psycho Clown over Pagano. Wrapping up 2016, we needed a new Universal Champion. Finn Balor had won the belt, the inaugural champion. Uh, fortunately, he was injured in his match with Seth Rollins. Instead of just handing the belt to Seth Rollins, they had a fatal four-way on Raw. It was Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens versus Big Cads versus Roman Reigns. And here's the closing moments of that match. And Big Cass, power slam. Could be time for the Empire Elbow. Right to the chest. 
Beginning to get a sinking feeling that Big Cass just might pull this off. Big Cass said earlier, oh, Superman punch! Shoulder first goes Reigns. Kick right to the side of the face. Cover by Rollins on Cass. Is it enough? Kick out at two. Kevin Owens. Frog splash! Now a triple threat match for the Universal Championship. Will it be Rollins, Owens, or Reigns? Our match continues live. The fatal four-way match for the Universal Championship has now become a triple threat match. Big Cass has been eliminated. It's Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns remaining. Dangerous positioning here. Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, now Roman Reigns in the mix. since the bell rang to start this match, the intensity of this match, the sense of urgency hasn't skipped a beat. And here's an example why. Ooh. Owens eliminated Big Cass. Remember, you eliminated via pinfall or submission. Reigns and Owens and Rollins remain. Reigns almost stalking Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is a survivor. Foes Roman. What these two have been through in their career. Both with and against one another. And what Seth said earlier on tonight, it's almost a guarantee that Seth always beats Roman. Death taxes and Rollins beats Reigns. That sticks to Roman Reigns, you know that. Seth ducked under the clothesline, missed with the Inziguri. Roman Reigns with a boot, knocks down Rollins. Roman just seems so confident here tonight. See it in Roman's eyes earlier in the night. Yeah, you said it, Corey, right from the get-go of the show. Locked and loaded. Went for the Superman punch. Rollins caught him. Went to roll through. Roman would hang on. This time, Seth through the second rope, lands on his feet. Seth on the attack. Oh! Like he was looking for a suicide dive before he ran into the right by Roman. I'd be looking for his teeth now. And now Reigns went for the Superman punch again. Seth was able to duck underneath. Falcon Arrow plants Roman Reigns. Is it enough? He might have him. Check out a two. Roman stayed in it. Incredible action. I wonder where the confidence level of Seth Rollins is in this match. Does he still believe that he is guaranteed to walk out of here? Does he still believe that title should be bestowed Seth upon him? Seth Rollins has no choice but to believe that if Seth wants any chance of being the Universal Champion tonight. Listen, Seth Rollins knows what Roman Reigns is made of. Reigns knows what Seth's made of. These two have battled each other around the globe. They know it's not going to be easy to put one another away. Both Seth and Roman are going to have to dig very, very deep into their playbooks to outdo one another. Rollins measuring Roman Reigns. Roman was stunned. Oh, kick the midsection. There we go. Pedigree. Here we go. Pedigree and Roman. Oh, and Roman oh, on the oh. counter. It's sunset after the apron. Inziguri caught him. Rollins launches himself. Oh.
himself. Seth went for that knee, and Roman Reigns caught him in midair with a Superman punch. It was as good a chance as any Roman Reigns had to put away Seth Rollins in this match. The wheels are turning for Roman Reigns. It's Monday Night Raw for the Universal Championship. Roman's eyes firmly planted on the architect. Roman's feeling it. Oh, the spear. Seth caught him with an insecurity. Kevin Owens back in. Super kick by Owens. You talk about perfect timing for Kevin Owens. A rejuvenated, revitalized KO with a cannonball. Expect anything less. And Stephanie and Mick Foley realize how good this match is. With the richest prize in WWE on the line, how can you expect anything less from these four superstars tonight? Whatever it takes to be Universal oh, Champion. Oh, for the spear. Oh, it's caught Reigns. Look for the pop up powerbomb. Look at to put Roman away. Roman with a Superman punch. What a counter by Reigns. KO rolls out of the ring. And now Rollins. Pedigree time. Rollins may steal it here. Reigns counters, rolls him up. The power of Roman Reigns. That sit out power bomb. Isn't it up here? Not enough. Take it again. The will of all of these men. This is what the Universal Championship means. Nobody's giving up. Nobody's giving in. You alluded to it earlier, Corey. Every call in the playbook you must tap into if you want to walk out of here as a Universal Champion. This only happens on Monday Night Raw, not on SmackDown Live or any other show. This is awesome. All three of these men physically exhausted. Who has enough left? Who digs down deep? Who can rally in the ninth? Roman Reigns, drive-by to Rollins. The Roman's got to get him back in the ring. Remember the pinfall. Oh, no, 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 no. have to happen inside the ring. Superman punch to Owens. Roman needs to get Owens in the ring. Exactly. That's where the pinfall or submission has to occur. Roman's got something else in mind here. Spear! And now it's Roman Reigns taking over. Roman's taking out both targets. He's got to pin one of them. These guys are kicked out of, of everything. What the, the hell? Triple H! Triple H! Oh, with a pedigree to Roman! you got to be kidding me! What the hell is he doing here? Triple H just pedigree Roman Reigns! Triple H is going to help Rollins oh, no. win the damn match! Not like this!
misses, and Rollins beats Reigns every time. We haven't seen Triple H since, since WrestleMania. Where's he going now? be kidding me, no. Well, you shouldn't be surprised. Rollins was in the authority's pocket for two years. This is sickening. And there's no disqualification. The official can't do anything about it. We were in the middle of the buildup for John Cena versus Roman Reigns. 
John Cena doing everything he can to try to get Roman Reigns, you know, more. I, I don't know. Were they trying to get him more over as a baby face? It was, this was a weird feud at the time. And John Cena would just fucking own Roman Reigns on the mic. In case you forgot, let's flash back to 2017. Little back and forth that John Cena had in the ring with Roman Reigns. Let me get this right. It's all good, Memphis. I'm just trying to check my facts here. So I'm scared to fight you? I don't want to fight you. That's what's in your head. You may not understand this because probably no one's ever told you this before, John. But you're not as big of a deal as you think you are. And this is the fact. I don't care what you've done or what you plan to do. I've done something you'll never do. I retired The Undertaker at WrestleMania. So maybe it's not that I don't want to fight you. Maybe I just don't need to. You're right. No, he's right. He's right. You, you, you don't need to fight me. You are the high exalted Roman Reigns. You are the big dog. Everybody back there knows it. Everybody out here still kind of trying to figure it out. You see, Roman, I'm what you would call a polarizing figure every week. There are people that, that cheer because they stand for what I believe in. And then there are people that boo because they don't. And then every single week you can audibly hear those people so desperately wanting me to change the content of my character. Maybe a little heel turn. But with, with you, it's, it's different. I don't know if anyone's ever told you this. They go back and forth with you. Because when they look at you, they see what I see. A cheap-ass, corporately created, John Cena bootleg. just a guy a guy trying so desperately to fill shoes that you never will listen carefully young man I'm not the undertaker I'm not a battered veteran at the end of his career with a bad hip I am the fastest strongest and hungriest that I have ever been in my entire life and the reason you won't sign that is because you know if you do, your Roman Empire
He did it again. He's the king of this. He can take anything and spin it. That's what he does. But it blows my mind that he stands out here and he runs his mouth and he's talking about y'all boo him because y'all want him to be a bad guy? They boo you because first of all, you suck. Hey, uh, according to them, so does he, but that's okay, he won a gold medal. Just shut up for a while, how about that? And second of all, go ahead, find it, go ahead. Oh, wait. It's called a promo, Shut your If mouth, you want to be the big dog, you're going to have to learn how to do it, so go ahead. See you, fourth wall. <laughs> the reason why they boo you is because they see right through you. You're a phony. You're a yes man who can learn how to do anything or be anything. So if you wrap all that up, you're just a fake bitch. Oh, we're talking now, ain't we? Yeah, you're hearing me now, ain't you? Not only that, he's a part-timing fake-ass And I'll be damned if I'm gonna bust my ass Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, every single week so you can hang out on the Today Show. Then jump on his big old bus and hell, maybe I'll come to a WWE show if they pay me enough. But what are you really gonna do, John? What are you gonna do, huh? You're gonna jump off that bus with that big ass shuffle. That big shut, that big shovel, that's what you're gonna do and you're gonna bury as much young talent as you can. Because that's what you do, right? That's how you stay on top of the mountain. You'll do anything. You're just a backstabbing shark. But the thing is, the reason why you don't like me, what irritates you about me, you can't bury me, John. You can't touch me. Hell, I think this is fitting. I'm the one guy in the WWE that John Cena can't see. So now tell me this, why would I want to lessen myself, my legacy, my bloodline to be the next John Cena when I can be the one and only Roman Reigns? done? You done? You, you see, you see, because Roman Reigns is a fool. Roman Reigns is a damn fool. There's an old saying, it's better to keep your mouth shut 
and that people think you're stupid than to open and prove them right. You, of all people, you waltz down here and use the same pathetic excuse that every other single person before you has done. You, with all your gifts and all your opportunities, you have the gall to blame me. That's fine, that's fine, big dog. Congratulations, it took you five years to cut a halfway decent promo, but now I'm about to shrink you down to size. Okay, so everybody back there thinks I got this mythical golden shovel, that I got these magical powers that I can control everything and keep everybody's fate. Dude, I can't tell if you're blind or stupid. Look and listen. They hold the keys. They always have. They always will. You gotta blame me, fine. I've been hearing that racket for 10 years and I ain't tired yet. I'm strong enough, I've been called a lot worse by a lot tougher. But you actually believe that I'm a shark, that I hold everybody down, that I swim to the top and keep them underwater at any and all costs. I'm a level with you, homie. I haven't main evented WrestleMania in five years. I was the opening match at SummerSlam. I was honored and privileged to earn the United States title at this stage in my career and use it as a beacon of opportunity to introduce new superstars to the WWE like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, just to name a few. You took the US title as a demotion and you stand there and blame me fine i blame you i'm still here because you can't do your job when it comes to this yard you probably haven't learned it yet there's only one rule, step up or step aside. And over the years, there's been a few to step up, but nobody to ever keep up. And then I finally hear about this one guy, the guy, the Roman Reigns, the one that can keep up. And now I look at you and I listen to you. You should be ashamed I'm a part-timer. Because I can do this part-time better than you could ever do it full-time. And finally, 2018, from the Sears Center Arena in Hoffman States, Illinois, All In went down. Two dark matches. Chico El Luchador, which was Flip Gordon, he won a over-budget battle royal, 19 participants, to become the number one contender for the Ring of Honor heavyweight title. You had Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky over the Briscoes. The pay-per-view had Matt Cross over Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Christopher Daniels of over Stefan Arnell. Tessa Blanchard wins a four-corner survival match, defeating Chelsea Green, Dr. Britt Baker, and Madison Rain. For the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Cody Rhodes wins the title, 
defeating Nick Aldis. Cody had Brandy, DDP, Glacier, and Tommy Dreamer in his corner. Nick Aldis had Tim Storm, Davari, Sam Shaw, and Jeff Jarrett in his corner. Chicago Street Fight. Hangman Page over Joey Janela. For the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship, Flip Gordon had won the uh, Battle Royal tournament earlier, so he got that shot. He lost to Jay Lethal, so Jay Lethal retains. Kenny Omega over Penta El Zero. You had Okada over Marty Scroll. A six-man tag match, the Golden Elite of Cody Ibushi and the Young Bucks, they defeated Bandito, Ray Phoenix, and Ray Mysterio. And with that, I give you This Week in Wrestling History. Notable birthdays this week. Those are celebrating birthdays that are no longer with us. Happy birthday to Bam Bam Bigelow. Flyboy Rocco Rock, George Scott, Joe LaDuke, Buzz Jones, Ernie Zeller, Bob DeMars, Bearcat Brown, Fat Frank, Miguel Torres, Don Green, Dale Lewis, Wilhelm Ruska, Ray Celestial, Baby Haystacks, Sambo Asako, Rolando Aguirre, Tarzan Lopez, El Cabarde, John Cosman, El Medico, and Otto Schoenfield. Happy birthday to all of you. Jody Hamilton and Franz Van Buten turn 81. Animal Hamaguchi and Jose Ochoa turn 72. Sergeant Slaughter is 71. Stan Hansen is 70. Joel Goodhart is 66. Aguila Solitari is 65. El Vigilante is 63. King Kalua is 61. Todd Champion turns 59. Mongolian Mauler is 58. Tracy Smothers, 57. Mike Rapata, Kenshiro Yokimura, and Jorge Rivera turn 55. Fatu is 53. Lady Star and Yumi Ogora turn 52. Scott Stanford is 51. Joey Legend turns 50. Sim Snooker is 48. Doug Williams and the Great Kali are 47. Watara Inoue, Sin Bodhi, and Wavell Star turn 46. Pinchessa Blanca and Michael Faith are 45. Sua and Drago turn 44. Jazz Milano Collection AT and Miss Mongo turn 43. Jeff Hardy, Shizako Wada, Santiago Sangriento, Wotan, Mike Posey, Roberto Gonzalez, and Jeremy Lopez turn 42. Ricky Reyes, Linda Miles, Yashushi Kanda, Johnny Punch, Johnny Bravo, and Tank Tolan turn 41. Mickey James and Tiny Iron is 40. Osamu Namaguchi, Demis666, and Shinobu turn 39. Nui Tofiga, Kenji Konaka, Ian Logan, Randy Therese, Melissa Mon, and Nick Belushi are 38. Helvectic Warrior, Lauren Jones, Waylon Beck, and Aurora Reyna turn 37. Caleb Conley, Pierre Abernathy, and Steve Douglas turn 36. Daisuke Kanahira, La Chica Tormenta, Ryan Cruz and Johnny Blaine at 35. Tetsuhiko Yoshino and Jack Jameson at 34. Sayaka Obahiro is 33. Sammy Callahan and La Homiga turn 32. Ember Moon, Ryan Slater, Kenta Hattori, Adam Christ, and Vaquero Jr., they turn 31. Sho Tanaka, Go Asakawa, Ken Floyd, Christina Von Erie, Flystar, and Kengo Nishimura turn 30. Angel Blue is 29. Sam Kaplan, Joe Ocasio, and Jern Simmons are 28. Josh Faulkner and 
Angelito and Yuki Ueno are 24. And Colby Carino. Happy birthday to Colby Carino. He turns 23. Notable debuts this week in history. Larry Zabisco debuted in 1972. Naomichi Marafuchi debuted in 98. Shinsuke Nakamura in 2002, Okada in 2004, and Mojo Rawley in 2012. And finally, notable deaths this week, those who passed away this week in history. Jack Zarnas died at age 87. Gorilla Poggi, Steve Kabrukovich, and Otto Luger died at age 86. Tony Bourne Herb, uh, died at age 84. Herb Lawson at 83. Mr. Fuji and Bert Azaridi died at age 82. Killer Kowalski, Constantino Custorius, and Len Macaluso died at 81. Chief War Eagle and Bob Nandor died at age 80. Karloff Lagarde and Gladys Reynolds died at 79. Espanto number two passed away at 78. Pete Meringer and Beverly Lamer died at 77. Donald Shocker and Ronald Hill died at 73. Sam Baldwin passed away at 69. Albert Henry Roseberg and Kotetsu Yamamoto died at seven, uh, 68. Former Bailey at 67. William Wark at 65. Dale Lewis passed away at 64. Tarzan Lopez and Cyclone Veloz Jr. died at 63. Boris Malenko at 61. Iron Mike Steele at 52. Renato Gardini and Billy Rayborn died at 51. Bearcat Wright at 50. Luna Vachon at 48. Aya Koyama at 45. Joe Cox at 44. Nate Hatred died at 39. Lynn Byron at 36. Jay Youngblood at 30. And J.C. Bailey died at age 27. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to This Week in Wrestling History. Follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD, the website DonTony.com. Email me, DonTony at DonTony.com, Facebook.com slash DTKC Show. Remember, we have a Discord page up, very active, uh, 24-7, chatting, communicating. Uh, us, other listeners, Patreon, non-Patreon, it's a great place to just you know, socialize with all of our family. And as always, if you like what we do, you want to help support the shows, help us keep the bills paid, the lights on, consider our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Don Tony. For as little as two bucks, you could sign up, get a whole bunch of bonus footage. Every Tuesday night, we do a live show after SmackDown. Uh, We also have Castle Chronicles, which is a solo show hosted by Kevin Castle. Uh, Breakfast with Blossie, ad-free, DTKC show, ad-free, early releases, pay-per-view, recaps, ad-free. We also have Breakfast Soup, hosted by yours truly, and Mish. We do Breakfast Soup Live, blah, 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 which is my non-wrestling show, all exclusive on Patreon. So check it out, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Everyone be well. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. New to Medicare? 
Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. 